Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. Right. It like, was wait, in wait, the men's section. Girl shirt button on the other yeah. side? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I figured it Wes out. Wes is wearing a girl shirt. Yes. It's a me, a man, it's a Garcia. Cocahones. <laughs> How about those freaking pirates? There's local politics, bud. Boom, boom, boom. Now let me say well. You are terrible. And stop playing that song. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Did not flub at all. Send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Happy game day to you. Opening day in Greenville, North Carolina. Turns into opening night as the start of the ECU baseball season. Push back a couple of hours. They'll start the first pitch scheduled for 6 o'clock on this Friday evening as they take on George Washington. Washington to begin the 2023 season. We'll talk about that leading into the game uh, coming up on today's program and a whole lot more on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And be a part of our show on Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to hear from you today. You're fired up. You're going to the game. What's on your, uh, your pregame spread? Who is your 2023 Pirate Baseball player pick to click? I'm going with the star man, Jacob Starling. Uh, we'll throw that around the horn today on the show and talk Pirate Baseball. Among other topics here on this show, we've got Chandler Honeycutt here as always and Wes Hines filling in as producer today. Shirley Rhodes will return on Monday, but Wes always brings a, an extra jolt of energy to the show when he's around and to the station as a whole. Hello, Wes. Hello, Clipper. You've been busy today. Yes, I have. You, you've been doing some spring cleaning. Absolutely. That's what that's what the boss says do, and I said, let's roll. Let's roll, baby. What's up, Chan Man? What's going on, Clipper? Uh, happy opening day to you. Hey, thank you. To you and yours. Seems like yesterday we were out in the jungle during a rainstorm for Game 3 of the Super Regional against Texas mm. and blink your eyes a couple of times, and now it's opening day against George Washington. Well... I feel like a lot's transpired between then and now, but... Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, there has, but, I mean, it just, you know, it seems like, you know... Just yesterday. yesterday. Just yesterday, we were, uh, man, playing Texas and had them where we wanted them in game two and yeah. slipped away, and here we are. Uh, Steve Hill says, Clippo, get your Clippo the Hippo merchandise nowhere because we don't have that available. I don't know what the higher powers are doing. What are we doing? Get a Clippo the Hippo shirt out there. Wes, would you wear one? Mm, Okay, don't don't answer. Probably probably not. Probably not. uh, Jack Bowen says, hey, Wes. Hey, Jack. What's going on, bud? Um, You don't know Jack. I'll let you know. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. We were um, uh, in high school. um, He was the uh, morning announcer, and then after he left... I became the morning announcer. <laughs> you, you made the morning announcements? Yes, I did. So you were involved in uh, on the air, on the mic things in uh, high school? Yes. I was. Um, we actually changed the uh, sound system uh, over uh, overnight, and I was the last one to talk on the old system, and I was the first one to talk on the new system. 
Nobody uh, in the office talked on that thing until I started it first or third period. <laughs> you were in charge. Yeah. You were the man. You said you fixed it overnight or you put it in overnight? No, they the, the school system installed the new one overnight. Wow. So when um, when I come on at uh, third period, I was the first one to actually key the mic because it had not been yeah. any Wes noise. said, if anybody touches that mic before third period, they're going to have to deal with me. <laughs> what did you announce? Like the lunch of the day or what? I mean, every announcement that was on the sheet. So. Sally Brown broke up with Peter Boyd <laughs> in the cafeteria. Oh, my God. Tears were shed. <laughs> now, I remember that. I feel like I remember doing that like in elementary school. Mm. I don't remember high school announcements. Oh, man. I mean, and believe it or not, I was a senior when it came around to my birthday, which is like next Saturday. So, anyway. Uh, so, plan accordingly, folks. Yeah. But um, when it came down to my birthday, I literally had the whole third period. I did not have to go back to class because they literally uh, gave me a birthday party at, in the office. How about that, Wes? A eight-layer Good God. Uh, eight, eight layer? Eight layer uh, chocolate cake. So like yellow cake and yes. chocolate icing? Those yes, are the best, man. man. And uh, I will tell you, I'm, I miss the lady to this day, but Miss Blaylock is the one who did it. Miss Blaylock was a very good um, um, cook there in Farmville. Okay. And that's the that's And the, she made a mean eight layer cake. Yeah, chocolate cake. Let me, let me tell you another thing about it. I, 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 hey, you know what? Be quiet. Clip. You know what? Take over. Be, be quiet, Cliff. <laughs> Go ahead, Wes. <laughs> well, all ears. I actually had another um, instance where she fixed it. Uh, All right, Clip, I'll let you have your show. No, I love it. listening. I was about to say, if anybody's wondering what's going on, this West Hines Friday. Uh, We've got guests planned. We got Brian North. We got Morgan Aylers. We'll talk to Tony Dunn. But they come on We've every week. We've got plenty of Cliff Goblin, uh, Jacob Jenkins Coward, Carter Spivey, Mike Schwartz Audio. You're going to get all that today. We got three hours. We got Wes here. We're going to take advantage of it. Right. Wes, tell us the story. All right. I've told this before, but I'll say it again. Um, I actually went to a, a church cake auction. What? Okay. Right now, Wes, you have all of Eastern North Carolina and people online locked in. They want to know where this cake auction story is going. Okay. All right. I went and picked up her cake and took it to the cake auction. And then when it come around to... Bidding on that cake, I bought it for a hundred and sixty dollars. You bought that cake, <laughs> yes, I for one hundred and sixty <laughs> smackaroos. Yes, and get a eighty dollar, eighty dollar nine ninety 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 five. It got up to that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wes kept bidding, outbidding himself. Uh, uh, one twenty <laughs> to that guy. Oh, one thirty to the same guy. All yeah, right. Now here's what happened though. When she found out that I paid $160 for it, she literally um, said, Wesley, if you wanted the cake so bad, I will give you the recipe. And she gave me the recipe. Wow. 
and i have i still make that cake to the day so that purchase was well worth it because you have made how many cakes you think you've made with that recipe since that moment at least 20 right yeah so you've got your money's worth at this point and it's a peanut butter cake okay Mm. that means the peanut butter's in the layers and the icing she said, Wesley, you fool. <laughs> Wesley, you $160? You fool. Uh, you anyway. mustn't. That's uh, the story. A hundred. Was that the most expensive cake purchased that day? Yes. Yeah. Like, what, what was the average cake going for? Like 40 bucks or something? Probably about 80. Man. Okay. Now, but I have been to another cake auction. <laughs> All right, here we go. What you got? How much this time? I know a cake that went for. Wait, hold on. Where? Where is? I've never heard of a cake auction until about five minutes ago. Okay, there's a there's a cake that went for um, went for uh, two thousand dollars. There's no in the world. There's no way. It went for two thousand dollars, and then he said he said I'm giving it back to the um, the auction to um, bid it again. So he so, just wanted to make a nice donation, and, yeah, and show off he had money. So you know how much that cake really went for after two thousand, and then the, uh, the next um, thirty five hundred. Man, you uh, you just about hit it thirty six hundred. <laughs> wow! All right, <laughs> just about. I thought it. he was going to say, "Man, you're way too, you're way too over. <laughs> no. You're right on the money." Ooh. All right, Brad has a request. <laughs> Wes, at some point today, we're going to catch up with you, what you've been up to. (laughs) Brad wants to hear more. He said, after the cake auction, can we get some more Wes getting mad at YouTube videos for old time's sake? (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want to play play a game or two with Wes, too, while he's here, Chandler. Is that cool? Sure. All right. We got all. We got to talk about sports at some point. I guess we don't have to, but we probably should. But Wes, uh, look, chime in anytime you've got a story. This is what we do. A lot of word association on the show. Yeah. Somebody says a word, it reminds me of something, and we just go from there. If we if we say something that reminds you of a time, a cake auction, anything, please, <laughs> you have free reign to jump in, man. Okay. Anytime. All right, All right buddy. Wes, how long? I work with you like from day one in my radio career. You did? You have molded me into what I am today. Well, even before Pirate Radio? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Do tell. Uh, Believe it or not, he got his start uh, doing Carolina Hurricanes hockey. Well, okay. You make it sound like I was like the play by play 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 guy? (laughs) No. I hit a button when they went to commercial. Yep. (laughs) That was my start. And, and, he, and I was he, lucky enough to do that Stanley Cup game against the Red Wings where they went into like five overtimes. I'm surprised he hasn't let me um, have it down because he has stayed as long as 3 a.m. Yeah. That was, uh, I remember going to the Waffle House after that game. Uh, that was nuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were in a little uh, little spot there in Farmville, which was 1250. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. But it was pre Pirate Radio 1250. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, neat story. Cool, neat story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, been in it a long, long time. Tyler says this is riveting. Appreciate that, Tom. Riveting. John would wear a Clippo de Hippo shirt, but it has to say de Hippo, not the Hippo, because I'm Clip- hip like that. Clippo de Hippo. Uh, what's his name? Um, the comedian. 
uh, the one-liner comedian. What can I think of his name right now? Don Rickles? Mitch Hedberg said, is a, a hippopotamus really... What's this hippopotamus? Yeah. All right. Take your time. Is a hippopotamus really just a really cool apotamus? Anyway, he took out the (laughs) hip from apotamus. Boy, I butchered that. That's why you should let the experts do it, and Mm -hmm. that's why I shouldn't uh, shouldn't do it. All right. What do we got going on on Friday? We got power baseball. George Washington. Carter Spivey on the mound. Carter Spivey, the reigning AAC Pitcher of the Year. And uh, we'll hear from him, Jacob Jenkins-Cowart, and Cliff Godwin coming up in uh, our next segment. Uh, We got the interviews from yesterday. We'll get you ready for some Pirate Baseball. But as we get closer to this season, the more excited I am, the more I think this – this team will be once again in a great spot come uh, this summer, uh, this late late spring, early summer, because uh, I think they've reloaded. And every year, there a guy comes out of nowhere. I go mentioned it Wednesday that going into last season, we didn't know who Jacob Jenkins Coward was. We knew who Carter Spivey was. We had no clue he would be the AAC Pitcher of the Year. So who? Who's that guy? Connor Norby, when he had his All-American season, um, showed flashes of it during the COVID year, but that was a very small sample size. The year before that, he hit like 118 or something. So, like, yeah. somebody's going to come out of nowhere, have a monster year. Uh, we got Josh Moylan bounce back season. Yeah. We've got uh, Jacob Starling coming to his own. One of those, if not both of those catchers, are going to mash. Like, there's a lot of reasons, I think, to be excited about this team. Yeah, a lot of talent, like you said, reloading. And I think the biggest uh, excitement is, you know, we saw a lot of juggling last year, even late into the season with the pitching. And the pitching depth this year is just outstanding. So you got a lot of guys, you got a great rotation to start. This doesn't mean that this is going to be what the rotation is going forward. Hopefully it is, but uh, if it works out. But uh, you have a great bullpen that can come in here, a lot of great arms. Uh, a guy that came out of the bullpen last year, yes, Savage, is going to be starting tomorrow. So, uh, really excited about this pitching staff as well. But uh, I think up and down the lineup, you're going to be able to see a lot of pop uh, at the at, in the batter's box. Yeah, and looking at the weather. So, right now, if you're listening live, it looks like the rain has stopped. Yeah. At least for now. O- it's overcast. But it's definitely gray. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. The temperature is great. Uh, right now, my phone is showing 50% chance of rain, 4 o'clock, 60, uh, 5 o'clock, and then clear throughout the rest of the night. So we're going to get some baseball in. There's going to be a game, Chandler. Uh, we're having a game. We're having a freaking game. And uh, you come out to the jungle tonight at 6 o'clock. We're having a freaking game. Wes, where would you, uh, if I gave you your sports power rankings, mm-hmm. well, what would your, where would baseball be? What would be your power rankings of your favorite sports? What would be number one? That would have to be baseball. Baseball no, number, number one? one? Yeah. Wow, okay. Football second. Okay. Basketball is at the very end. You're not a basketball fan? No. Huh. So you're not watching like NBA? No way! <laughs> you didn't watch LeBron's historic <laughs> no. night the other night? No. <laughs> I just find it funny you ask Wes if he watches the Oh, NBA. I knew the answer was going to be no. I just wanted to see how he would react. Where's uh, hockey on your list? Hockey's um, for about five. Where is uh, racing? 
cars, NASCAR? Uh, it had to be four. Really? Yeah. That far back? See, I, I, I'm giving you one, two, three, four, five. I'm, I know how the numbers work. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, but I'm surprised. The hockey's you, fifth. I'm surprised you had NASCAR under like baseball and football. I yes, thought. Okay. that's right. Because right. my daddy used to watch um, the cars turn left all day long. So. Yeah, you just found it pretty boring. In a way. What about uh, golf? You watch the Masters? The, oh gosh, that's close to the bottom too. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's really tough to watch. Unless Harold's in it. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I got I got to figure out this weekend how the XFL is going to do, since um, now the Rock owns um, part of that. Yeah. Are you going to watch some of it? I want to try. Yeah. It's just it's. I think it's going to be like every other spring league we've seen. It's going to be out there. Not a lot of people are going to be interested. Uh, but the difference is there's enough funding behind it that because <clears throat> last year we had the USFL completed their season right, and they're going Skip into year two. Skip Holtz won a championship. I don't know how successful it was, but they had real actual backing. They've got a pretty good TV deal. Uh, tomorrow, the first game will be on ABC, so it's going to be available to everybody. Uh, Josh Hawkins, former Pirate, <clears throat> will be playing for the Renegades in that game. So, as far as the product, Wes, uh, it's probably not going to be the most visually pleasing football you've watched, but if the Rock's involved, there's money, there's notoriety. So, I'd do think at least it will last a season and have a second season because having the first two times they've tried this they didn't make it through the first season right yeah so we'll see uh we'll see how that goes you uh you still watching wrestling very little man that uh i i hadn't watched in forever i watched the royal rumble did you watch that i did not let me tell you why i said if vince mcmahon ever came back i would i would boycott so I'm boycotting. <laughs> okay. Uh, West Hines boycott. I'm sorry. All right. I am so sorry. No, that's all right. I mean, I mean, he's an, he's an uh, alumnus of uh, ECU, but I am so sorry. Not everybody that went – you don't have to like everybody that went At to least a he's school. Very and, the, and, the, and the reason I, I, I apologize so much is because um, I noticed the difference when he left. And, and you he, saw it change, change for the better? Yes. Okay. And then uh, when he comes back in, I see it go right back the other way. So I'm done. So I, I haven't followed or watched in a while, but I watched the Royal Rumble and the um, WWE, bad or good, whatever you think about them, they do the best at recapping a um, storyline or those promo videos they do. Yes, that's right. So they did the whole Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns storyline and mm-hmm. and really caught you up to date. And uh, that had a great payoff at the Royal Rumble. That story is very well done. Are you ready for this Sunday then? So this Sunday is, um, I know it's in Canada. Elimination it's uh, Chamber. Elimination Chamber. Yes. I forgot about that. Is it Sunday or Saturday? Yeah. They've been doing Saturday. Maybe, maybe it is Saturday. Um. I got to add that to my list of things to watch because it's going to be Sami Zayn and uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, Saturday, February 18th. Okay. So if I remember it, after a day out at Clark LeClaire, I'll flip that on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, to check that out. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Cliff Godwin, Jacob Jenkins Coward, and Carter Spivey on our Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. As we'll get you ready for Pirate Baseball 2023, East Carolina and Georgia. 
I don't know what happened to my voice. East Carolina and George Washington going at it tonight at 6 o'clock. We're back with more Pirate Radio Live after this. T-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty. We've got a couple giveaways for you today. It's Free Beer Friday. And, Wes, uh, can we open up the phone lines right now? Sure. Uh-oh. All right. Got? The first caller. Now, you got to come here and pick this up between now and 6 o'clock. So, we need you to be a local joker. Don't be some out-of-town guy and make Troy D. sigh. You got to be a local guy. We've got tickets for every game this weekend. So we've got two for Friday, two for Saturday, two for Sunday to see East Carolina baseball and lunch for two at Tiebreakers. We were uh, gifted this um, earlier this afternoon. And if you want it, you can call in 317-1250 right now. First caller, and you got to be able to come pick it up. So two tickets for tonight, Saturday, and Sunday, and lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Wes Hines is standing by. Um, and just tell them, Wes, they got to come pick it up. Got it? All right. Good deal. So we'll give that away uh, right here in a moment. We'll let Wes do that, and uh, and then we'll play some, uh, some Cliff Goblin. Jacob Jenkins Coward and Carter Spivey in just a moment when he's got that information. Um, Chad Moore says, I missed the cake auction. Yeah, Chad, sorry if you missed it. The good news is we are on YouTube and you can uh, go back and, and watch it right now if you want to. You can rewind and uh, and check it out now. Wes's cake auction story. Uh, Chad also says, Cliff, you need to hype up the XFL. That's the only way they make it. Chad, unfortunately, the opposite of that is true. We, a few years ago, decided to force ourselves to get excited about the Alliance of American Football. We had a theme song. We played it every Friday when Tony Dunn was here. We talked about the games. We gave the spreads. We made picks. We all had a team to root for. I chose the Arizona Hot Shots. Turns out they did my guy Bryce Williams dirty. So uh, I regret that decision. And they didn't make it through a full year. So the last time we got invested into one of these spring football leagues, they folded up shop after like six games. So I think the best thing I can do is ignore it, and maybe it'll uh, it'll do well. But I cannot get emotionally invested in the XFL. All right, uh, do we have uh, do we have a wiener? Yes, we do. Jeffrey Johnson of Greenville. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. What a call, Jeffrey. What a call, Jeffrey. 
All right, JJ, come on down, and uh, we got your tickets right here, your lunch for two, mm. and a Pirate Radio sticker. Man, what a package. What a prize pack. What a prize pack. Here on a Friday. What's so, the break uh, of the day for lunch? What'd you have? Had the lunch special, five wings, a side of fries, and boy, was it delish. Wes was, uh, you know what really, what really grinds Wes's gears? You know what really grinds my gears? This happens every time a new... And unfortunately, it's a, it's for like a new chain. Like if a new local business opens up, I feel like this doesn't happen. And it probably should. It should be the opposite. You should support local. But anyway, a new chain is in town that primarily serves, uh, let's say, breakfast sandwiches. Yep. And people lose their minds. Remember when Popeye's opened up? And the line was all the way down Moral Drive because the yeah. chicken sandwich became such a. Oh, that's what it was. It, it that's what it was. Everybody like went oh, crazy. Me and my roommate went one day when we were in, in like seniors here, and it was wrapped around <laughs> like what's that Memorial and Green? Oh my God! The, it, the to line have was a sandwich. It was. Like, it took us an hour to get just to the like to get to where you order. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. This, yep. the, then, I mean, you had to be sitting there saying, "What are we doing? Oh yeah, why are we doing this?" There was plenty of times we thought, "All right, like, should we leave?" But we were like, "No, nah, we're we're too happened. far in now. Yeah, we we're committed now." Well, that happened to Wes today. He wanted to uh, go try that new place, and that's right. It just wasn't happening. Nope. When I when I saw it, um, when I pulled in, and the person behind me was um, stopping traffic on. Greenwood Boulevard. I darted on around everybody, and I said, "The line I'm going, was. I'm going somewhere else." The line was that long. Yeah. I just don't understand the, the why you would want something that bad. That's right. Like even if I, I'm sure it's good, but it's not worth waiting an hour for. Like just try again another time. Yeah. Like, hey, what you what, what you're going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Just try again another time where the line's not as long. You got to think people are trying to, and if people are willing to sit in that line. Either they have nothing to do or they're already off of work for the day or maybe there are college students that's done with classes. But people have to get back to work. Yeah. Uh, I guess these are people with, with not much to do or don't have a time constraint. Yeah. Uh, so Wes went back to his old staple, Chinese buffet. Man. No, won't buffet this time. No, Clip. They don't, they don't do buffet there anymore. No, that's sad news. So I had to order from the menu. Mm, like and, some bum yeah and i'm sitting there <laughs> like thinking, some commoner yeah and, and i um, and i ate it but it wasn't um <laughs> you cried in your low main what'd you eat with it was uh sesame honey chicken all right with tears <laughs> and, fried, and uh, fried rice with I, two uh, egg rolls he didn't have any salt or soy sauce so his tears were the uh the saltiness <laughs> they go and say sir what's wrong and he's like y'all don't have the buffet anymore yeah <laughs> Wes, I love an Asian dish. I've been cooking a lot lately. Yeah. And I had ground beef, and I usually like to do, if I make uh, an Asian dish, you know, chicken or I have uh, never seen steak. The, I have never seen burger right. in a uh, Chinese dish. Exactly. <laughs> but I, so I looked up, like, Asian meatballs. Yeah. And I just put all my Asian sauces and seasonings with the beef, mm-hmm. and it was all right. It wasn't great, but right. it was... Uh, some I wanted to try, mm-hmm. but I'm with you, man. I love a good, uh, love a good Chinese uh, dish. I mean, I told, I was told by one of the uh, good chefs before he passed away that all the uh, cab, uh, not cabbage, but uh, all the 
Oh. You're going to get there. <laughs> we're, we're with you. You're going to yes. get there. You got this. Go. Okay. <laughs> all the carrots and all the uh, all the broccoli. Carrots. That's what the way. All the broccoli and things of that sort. Yeah. That's an American additive to a Chinese dish. Well, you know what? I like Americanized Chinese food. I don't. I want it authentic. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't. So where do you? So do you go to places that are authentic? Well, there is one place that is authentic, but I okay. literally have to tell him no carrots, and that way it makes it right. So a carrot cake's not selling really good at a at a cake auction, is it? <laughs> I like my Chinese food Americanized, but uh, so you like it authentic? Yes. All right, fair enough. Uh, we will learn more about West Hines uh, the more we go on today's program. Uh, Shirley is saying hello to us via YouTube. She says, what's up, guys? Softball Shirley reporting from Tampa. All right. A little okay. Gasparilla softball tournament going on down in uh, sunny Tampa, Florida. Good luck, Shirley. William says, what's up, fellas? Welcome to the weekend. And what a weekend it is if you are yes. a sports fan. A lot of options for you with hoops, with the Daytona 500. All-Star weekend. XFL. Is it NBA All-Star weekend? Mm-hmm. Boy, that got lost in the shuffle. So you got your dunk contest, three-point um, All-Star game Sunday. And Pirate Baseball. And let's get to our Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. Flight by Yingling, uh, the next generation of light beer. Don't just raise the glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. You can find it wherever beer is sold. And, Wes, let's hear from Cliff Godwin as he met with the media one final time before the Pirates begin their season coming up today at 6 o'clock. I'm feeling pretty good. I think our guys are ready. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have told you that last year, but our guys have done a good job, so they're ready to go. What will practice look like today? Just a regular day out there? Or it's a little bit shorter day, so, uh, you know, we'll just uh, have some individual defense, take a little BP, work on some pickoffs, and feed them and get them out of here so they can probably get some schoolwork done and getting bed early. Carter said he felt honored that he was getting the ball opening day. You know, what are your expectations of him, and how excited are you to see him in that role tomorrow? Well, it's super awesome that, you know, what he's been through to be able to have this honor to take the ball opening day. But I just want to be himself. You know, that's the thing I want all our guys to do is just be themselves. Can you talk about the three guys throwing this weekend a little bit, uh, Trey and, and Groves as well? Yeah, you know, Savage has done a really good job. We were kind of on the fence about if we we're going to leave him in the bullpen or not, but he's just been so good in the preseason. We're going to put him in that Saturday role, uh, which he's a totally selfish human being, selfless human being. So he'll do whatever you need him to do. And uh, when you got a guy like Sailor that'll do the same thing, you can have Sailor in the bullpen. And then Groves has pitched well. He's had good stuff, and uh, so he'll go on Sunday. These early games may not be as crowded, but you got to have the crowd be into the game. They're very important. Who is here? Yeah, absolutely. We want to, you know, our goal is to have all the games like a regional or super regional. I know that's probably, uh, you know, we can't have that every game, but that's the goal for sure. We want our fans to come out, be loud, uh, no matter what the weather is. What do you do for? How do you help them control the emotions for opening day, coach? Uh, look, everybody's a little bit different. Um, they've done a really good job. They're ready to go. Um, I'm just not going to talk to them a whole lot. Look, it's you know it's opening day. They've earned it. I mean, everybody's going to have a little bit of butterflies, but they'll be ready to go. Same thing with freshmen, even more so. Any freshman that might get on the field, is that something you really have to work through, or is it just work itself out? Um, well, you, you talk to the guys individually about kind of what their roles are going to be going into opening day, and so. Uh, 
Um, I, I don't foresee a, a freshman to be out there to start with um, on the field, but there'll be some guys that come off the bench for sure. You talked about figuring out who the shortstop is. Do you have a shortstop in mind now? Yeah, Joey Brini's going to start tomorrow night. Um, he's done a really good job in the preseason, but you're also going to see Nate Christman there at some time. So uh, I just don't want uh, Joey to press or do any try to do anything more, man. Just be yourself because at times, and, and I was there as a player where you know you didn't know if you're going to play the next day. You put extra pressure on yourself, and then you don't perform at the level that you can do. So I just want him to be himself. Opening weekend, is it right to assume we'll probably see a lot of different guys in a lot of different places defensively? Just trying to see how they do. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to try to win the game. So you're going to see the starting nine stay out there until we have to make an adjustment. So uh, we're, we're going to try to win the game to the best of our ability. That is Cliff Godwin, ECU head baseball coach on the Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. Looking back at opening day 2022, I wish I'd asked Igo this earlier this week to see if uh, he knew the answer. Chandler, uh, who led off for the Pirates opening day last year? I think Lane Hoover's, Lane Hoover's an easy answer, so I'm not going to go with that. Lane Hoover batted eighth in the lineup. What was it? AMAC, was it? AMAC batted down the order. Zach Agnos. Agnos was cleanup. <laughs> Leading off of the Pirates last year, when one for four, Riley Johnson. Riley Johnson? Yeah. In the two-hole for East Carolina last year on opening day, Carter Cunningham, uh, followed by Moylan, Agnos, Worrell, Giles, Amac, Hoove, and the catcher was Wilcoxon. Is that right? He got two at-bats. We saw uh, Newton play as well last year, and Ryan McChrystal uh, got a hit last year in the opener. Uh, Pirates lost 10-2 to two in that season opener mm. to Bryant Boy. last year. And then obviously the next day was the... Uh, Love you, Mac. Love you. The Mac, Mac Stokes game. Mac Stokes. Yeah, that was the Mac Stokes game. Time! They lost that one 5-4 uh, to four, and then lost the finale 4-3. to three. The Pirates getting off to that 0-4 start. 0-3 uh, start to the season. They then went on to beat Campbell, lost to Carolina twice, and kind of felt like that turnaround was the 5 nothing win over North Carolina at home on that Sunday because they were you know, on the verge of getting swept for the second straight weekend uh, but came out with a win there and pretty much rolled uh, after that. I remember that tough start to the year, but I remember being there on that Sunday beating Carolina and you kind of felt like it was normal again, like, all right, Pirates are back. Like, yeah. Even though the, the the record didn't look good, but even that win just kind of, as a fan base, I know me being there, it, it made me feel better about you know the direction the the team was going for that year, and obviously, it worked out as, as the Pirates hosted their fourth consecutive uh, uh, regional and then their first ever super regional in Greenville. Before last season, the Pirates had back to back opening days that went into extra innings. They beat Rhode Island in one of those. They beat William and Mary uh, in one of those. So. They had back-to-back uh, extra inning opening day wins the year previous to that, knocking off Radford. So the Pirates trying to start a new streak today uh, on opening days after falling to Bryant last year. I mean, I kind of I guess that Zach Agnos was a leadoff guy to open the year off, but did he not lead off later in the year? Do I remember him being a leadoff guy for ECU? 
later yeah. in, in the latter part yeah, yeah. Uh, in yeah. the latter part of the year. He did. Yeah. I just I, I didn't want to feel like I was crazy. But Chandler, you're not crazy. Sometimes I feel like I'm out of my mind. Sometimes no. I feel like I'm just psycho. No, man. No. No. Thank you, Wes. All right. Wesley no. and no makes me feel a lot better. When I one of my favorite moments with y'all is when we were uh I was throwing out dad jokes. I think it was about to be Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And I was reeling off dumb dad jokes and Wes, man, we were having a good old time. Wes was laughing. And then Chandler threw out a joke and Wes just like stone faced you and said that wasn't funny. That that ain't funny. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. Nah. Chandler felt so bad. And then there was Wes, also a time. Do you know how long Chandler talked about that after it happened? I mean, you really hurt him that day. <laughs> You was, were all over. Like, yeah, but yeah. Think, yeah, but think about it is earlier in the day I had already cra- corrected him on uh, on how to how to stand and uh, how to do the. Um, do you were just kind of fed up with him. Yeah, yeah. Enough, Chandler. Yeah. Get your stuff together, man. He was literally teaching me how to stand at the earlier that morning. He was I'm, like, "You're not standing right." I've been in this thing for thirty some years. So I know all. Oh about. yeah, you were doing a video. Yeah, and what? Oh, in this room. Yes. And Wes was in there like... Arms by your No, no, no. Put your arms down. Put your arms down. He but was, yeah, he was reeling off jokes and you were just... Ah, and I got it. And then I'd say one, you'd just go... That wasn't funny. <laughs> uh, nope. I'm going to say since that day, you've been better, though. Like, I think he, Wes, got you better. Did you like my European joke yesterday? Yes, I did. Okay. Did you hear it? I did. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just saying He yeah. did listen to the yesterday show because he mentioned something about, oh, he was upset with us not knowing YouTube TV. I know. I know, because I, I was sitting there, I was like, uh, that's uh, YouTube, as soon as, soon as it played. How are you uh, on Name That Sound, Wes? you think you could contend and win? Nah. Nah? I think, I think you got everybody beat. <laughs> I got Chandler beat. That's all that matters. <laughs> Five times. I think uh, I think I picked the right opponent for this game. Yeah, because I might be losing to some other folks. But now you were talking about uh, Wes and Chandler moments. One of the last times he was on the show, I said something, and then he was just like, kind of was mad, and you were like, "Yeah, get him, Wes." And then he really kind of got mad at me. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I don't remember what it was, but Wes is. Uh, yeah, no, he, he's no. a good attack dog. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, get him, Wes. Sick him. <laughs> like he hey, Wes has been on me before. I know I, I know the feeling. It's not a good feeling. Y'all, it's not. You always want Wes on your side. Yes. So there you go. All right. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll have more on our Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. What did Carter Spivey have to say a day in advance of his opening day start? We'll uh, hear what he had to say yesterday. Also, Jacob Jenkins Cowart. With Agnos gone, is he now kind of the face, the mouthpiece of this Pirate baseball team? Uh, he has uh, entered into a leadership role as a young player entering into year two. We'll uh, hear what he had to say as well when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Back with you after this. Welcome back into Pirate Radio Live here on a, a Friday. Clip Rock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Wes Hines producing Chandler Honeycutt video production today. And uh, I saw this. Um, Wes, uh, what race is Fred McGriff? What? <laughs> Fred McGriff. You ever heard of Fred McGriff? No. Man! Hey, 
what uh what's his rice? I'll give you some options. Caucasian, African American, uh Chinese, Latino. All right, say say his name again. Fred McGriff. Mm. Is it Indian? Uh close. You, you mean like Native American Indian? Yeah. No, uh, but he didn't play for the Braves. <laughs> okay. Uh, he oh. is an African-American gentleman okay. who uh, Chandler thought was a white man for his entire life until recently, <laughs> which was very offensive, not to Fred McGriff, but to me as a Braves fan. <laughs> Should I tell Dill Murphy that I thought his... Did they play together? No, they didn't play together. Right. You know, And no, you should not tell Dale Murphy. <laughs> you should tell Dale Murphy, I thought you were a black guy. <laughs> How much money would it take if we started GoFundMe for you when Dale Murphy shows up for a dinner with Dale coming up on Sunday, April 2nd? Uh, tables, uh, we still got a few left, so jump in if you want to join us. How much money would it take for you to go up to Dale, shake his hand, and say, Dale? I thought you were a black man. If we can just have each listener that if we can get it out there and advertise it, have each listener donate a dollar, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, Bob. I you mean, do it. I'll do it. All right. Because you imagine, just imagine, we we can get at least ten thousand people to donate one dollar. That's ten thousand dollars. Would uh, I mean, what would his reaction be to that? I'd say, Dale, it is so nice to meet you, man. I got to be honest with you, though. I always thought you were a black guy. <laughs> and then, boom, I'm $10,000 rich. And boom. Oh. Money in the pocket. Uh, why did I bring up Fred McGriff, the crime dog? Because uh, I saw an article on ESPN.com. Fred McGriff, what hat will he wear in the Hall of Fame? What logo? That one that you have on your head? None. Zero. He will go logoless. Uh, Fred McGriff uh, spent time with the Blue Jays, the Padres. I actually saw Fred McGriff play live uh, with the Padres at Fulton County Stadium. He played with the Braves, won a World Series, uh, played for the Rays, Cubs, and Dodgers. My gosh, he was a journeyman. Oh, yeah. He played from 86 to 2003. Played for a bunch of teams. Um, he uh, said he decided to go with no logo on his plaque. And he can eat. He says, "I can equally represent the cities and incredible fans in Toronto, where I got my start, Atlanta, where we won the World Series, my hometown of Tampa Bay, as well as my time in San Diego." Um, Scott Rowland will be wearing a logo on his hat. What logo is he going to have on his plaque, Chandler? Orioles. Well, he never played for them. That would be weird. Uh, he will be wearing the Cardinal on his plaque. I, I, I meant Cardinal Bird, it, you know, Oriole Bird, Cardinal Bird. <laughs> you saw where, you, you saw the mistake uh-huh. there. I associate him with the Phillies. I guess that's just because where he got a start, and I probably saw him more back when I was in super into baseball. It's got to be awkward having to choose. I guess yeah. you can choose not to have one like Fred McGriff. Yeah. But, like, it's got to be awkward. I mean, it's like that with, you know, football players, you know, guys that spent time a lot of, you know, different places. Peyton Manning. You know, was you know, won a Super Bowl with the Colts and the Broncos. So here's some good trivia. I'll find a way to work this into trivia. Cover your ears, Chandler. But uh, Catfish Hunter, Tony Larusa, Greg Maddox, Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, all have caps with no logos in the Hall of Fame. So all played for multiple teams. Catfish Hunter was from around here. Right? <clears throat> yes, he was. 
Yes, indeedy. All right. Uh, speaking of baseball, let's get one more interview in. Let's hear from the starter tonight, Carter Spivey, uh, which, by the way, he will join us Monday coming up on the Delcor Players Lounge. Looking forward to catching up with Carter Spivey, Garrett Saylor, uh, coming up on Monday show, and Josh Groves as well. Here's what Carter had to say yesterday, uh, his last media opportunity before the season opener. Uh, it feels pretty good, but uh, we still got a practice ahead of us today, and then uh, a good night's sleep, and then get ready to get after it tomorrow. Opening day is always special in baseball, man, when you get the ball. Tell me you just kind of the feelings, emotions right now. It's a, it's a tremendous honor. Um, I'm blessed that the coaches thought highly of me enough to do that. And uh, just going to go out there and give it my all and hopefully come out with a win. Are there any nerves for you because you were a guy that was kind of a Swiss Army knife out of the bullpen, but now getting this, like you said, big honor, what's it feel like? I don't say there's any nerves. I mean, I'm prepared. Uh, me, AK, all the guys, we've, uh, we've been working our butts off since September or late August uh, for this and uh, we take it just like any other day. Is your preparation a little different tonight than maybe it was last year being a bullpen guy and not really knowing when you're going to throw? No, nah, there's no difference. Uh, it's get a good night's sleep, get a good meal and drink a lot of water and be ready to go tomorrow. Coach has talked a lot about the team having ownership, you know, this year, and he already senses it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Do you echo that and you feel different? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there were some distractions last year, and um, but I, one thing about this group is really hardworking. Uh, we get after it every day. It's just a great group of guys to be around, and just really fun, really fun group. What's kind of the mood in the in the locker room with the guys right now? Are you guys loose? Oh yeah, we're very loose. We're playing hacky sack in there a couple minutes ago, just keeping it loose, having fun, and uh, about to get out here and start throwing. You've been in this stadium a lot over the course of your career. What have you been telling some of the younger guys or some of the transfers about? You know what to expect come tomorrow when you get out onto the field. That's the same as scrimmage inner squad. There's no difference. Um, the only thing that's different is there's another uniform in there, but. You know, I think the more you prepare your mind for that, you'll be ready, and it's not going to phase them. So I think, like I said, really great group of guys, and they're all going to be ready to go. How, ex- how, how excited are you to get in front of the crowd? You guys have been playing in the MD. Mm-hmm. How excited are you to have the crowd back? Very excited, very excited. I miss Pyre Nation, and uh, I'm ready to be playing in front of them once again. What you guys had to endure last year, kind of not knowing you were going in, everybody was kind of a bullpen guy. Do you think you're more prepared for a day like tomorrow when we really don't know what the start time is going to be with the weather? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, I mean, like I said, we're all prepared. AK, all the coaches do a good job preparing us, keeping us ready, and uh, whoever comes in the game is going to be ready to go. We're ready when their name's called. Carter Spivey locked in, ready to go for tonight, East Carolina and GW coming up at 6 o'clock. Wes, you a hacky sack guy? I don't even know what that is either. All right, fair enough. That was uh, popular in my day. Was that popular in your day, Chandler? Yeah, I mean, not as popular as it was probably when you were playing it back in your day, but it was around, but now it's very popular. Is it? Amongst baseball teams. Okay. I, I know guys that play travel baseball or have brothers that play travel baseball and like they can't go anywhere without a hacky sack. Wow. Okay. That was uh So big... it's made like a comeback because <clears throat> I mean, I feel like it kind of dropped off there for a while, but yeah, hacky sack is uh I see it played on the beach a lot too. So It's the little ball with the beads in it, Wes. Okay. And you, you kick, kick it, it and you get in a circle and uh you basically try not to let it hit the ground and why are you shaking your that's, head rolling your eyes? Like useless. Um, <laughs> that's useless. Stuff. 
That's just useless. That's just useless. It's just wasting your life away. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Let's put me. Let's put me in my place. (laughs) And all you hacky sacks. That's what I like about. That's what I like about. That's what I like about West. He keeps it straight. Yeah. He's not just going to say, "Oh, yeah, that sounds great." That's right. Like to fit in with everybody. I want you to be honest with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Useless. We'll take a break. Come back. Hour two. Pirate Radio Live. When we return, Brian North will join us. Also got Mark Greenhelge coming up. Hour two. Morgan Ehlers, Tony Dunn. Hour three. Um, We'll play Game Time with Wes Hines and Chandler Honeycutt at some point on today's show. And uh, if we have time, hear more from Mike Schwartz from an awesome Wednesday night in Menji's Coliseum. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Also, Free Beer Friday. We'll give that away in Hour 3 as well. Back with you after this. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. The Dickinson Avenue Public House is a lively and diverse restaurant in Greenville that uses fresh and local ingredients with influences of Creole, Asian, and upscale Southern cuisine. The Dickinson Avenue Public House offers a seasonally rotating menu and a full-service bar with rotating craft brews on tap. Come to the intersection of 8th and Dickinson and enjoy $1 oysters Tuesday through Thursday from 5.30 to 7. For more details, check out daphousenc.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a free beer Friday. Here on opening day for Pirate Baseball, 6 o'clock. It'll be East Carolina and George Washington at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Just gave out some tickets. Uh, that was... The JJ. Jerry? Uh, Jeffrey Johnson. Jeffrey. What a what a win, Jeffrey. Um, so, he's good to go. Hope you enjoy your baseball weekend. Wes, I saw coming up Sunday night, uh, part of the biography at WWE Legends series on A&E. 8 o'clock, they'll be showing the uh, the story of the new, 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 new world order. So I feel like I've seen a million documentaries on this. But Absolutely. There's another one for you if you're interested. Yeah. That's probably a WWE production. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times can you tell the same story over and over again? I don't know. We do it on this show all the time, so I guess a lot. <laughs> uh, Eric says, Clipper, I'm back. I've been in Jamaica for a friend's wedding. Caught a stomach virus and type A flu down there. My gosh. Sounds pleasant. Cool, neat story. Was that part of your uh, groomsman gift package? Uh, he said, hell of a vacation. Most definitely glad to be back in eastern North Carolina and listening to the best sports show on the radio and web. Well, what show are you listening to? Tell us. <laughs> He's listening to this one. Hi, <laughs> Radio Live. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Good to see uh, you back in the chat, buddy. 
All right, uh, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line and get you ready for your Pack Sports Weekend with Brian North, WCTI 12. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. North, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Clipper just hanging in there. Uh, in an interesting week uh, in the sports world of Racing North Carolina, so just kind of taking it all in. Yes, sir, and uh, it has been one week since... Uh, we lost our friend, the legend, the voice of Jeff Charles. And, Brian, I know you had uh, many a conversation, many a sports chat, uh, humorous chats and otherwise with Jeff Charles uh, <clears throat> over the years. So, uh, man, I, I've it's been tough, Brian, but I've also really enjoyed talking to uh, his friends, his colleagues this week and, and share memories and just talk about how awesome of a guy Jeff Charles was. And uh, I know you have those same sentiments uh, with all the interactions you've had with him uh, over the years. It's unfortunate that it takes death to sometimes uh, have these conversations to appreciate somebody and, and let them know and have these stories come out. I mean, it's what we do. It's, it's a point of emphasis and time for of reflection and the stories have all been great. And to see all of Jeff's work put together, Brian Meador put together a nice video and I had a nice conversation with Cy Seymour, and we told old war stories about all his 23 years of being on the road with Jeff and just uh, how great he was at his job and how much of a perfectionist he was. And, um, you know, I, I, I never said it publicly, but I, I always loved Jeff's distinct voice. I always kind of like a Kermit the Frog voice, but I always loved his voice. and It was so distinct and, and unique and, and the way he did things and how clean it was and but it's, it certainly is neat going down memory lane with a lot of people. It's just unfortunate why we're doing it, but it's always fun and cathartic to kind of go through it and go through that healing process. No doubt. And, uh, and man, it's, I was in Minji's uh, Wednesday night. It, it, yeah. it felt like Jeff Charles was there, too, uh, because I've talked to some people, and they said, you know, I don't know uh, how that basketball team was able to do that. Uh, down 16 in the second half, they come back. They beat Cincinnati. It's one of those uh, unbelievable kind of corny Hollywood movies that it turned out the way it did, but it was real life. And uh, it was uh, it was awesome to see those guys played hard and uh and and they were you know they were around when the the tragic events took place they were they had a lot on their minds and uh talked to uh david casagane in particular and uh he said that 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 was uh that was for jeff they were playing for him they were playing for the fans and uh man turned into a special night on wednesday i don't know if people know how much jeff interacted with the team when he traveled with them on the road when they were having shoot-arounds, he would work out as well. He was on the bus with them. They would fly together. So he was just more, uh, as much a part of the team. So he would get to know those players that way. So it really reminded me a lot of special circumstances like that with uh, the first game for the football team uh, when they beat Miami in the yeah. 1999 Floyd game when uh, they were facing a lot of adversity and couldn't come back to Greenville and were down big and then made that spirited comeback. And it just felt like it was bigger than sports it just had a, a bigger deeper meaning there and it just kind of gives you chills every time you talk about it so this day i still uh consider that one of my favorite sporting events that ever happened and so uh and this one just kind of had that same sort of feeling although i wasn't there just looking at the details and and, and how it all worked out and just certainly cathartic is the best way i can describe it especially with the JC shirts the team was wearing and, and how much they wanted to win that one to kind of just heal mentally. And so that was a great thing to see. And as far as what took place on the court, just some heroic efforts from uh, a lot of different guys. R.J. Felden had some plays in that game, Brian. I've always wanted to see him 
you know, play uh, suit up at safety for a game for the football team just to see what he could do out there as an athlete or, or patrol center field. Like, I want to see more R.J. Felton in sports. Yeah. And I said that if there was a uh, some kind of gladiator games where every school sent their top athlete to play, uh, I would nominate R.J. Felton to do that. His uh, He had that great save at the end of the game, but some other plays, the offensive rebound put back, the defensive play where he leaped out of the gym, forced a turnover. Uh, he was just – he was a man possessed – and we've seen games where he struggled shooting the ball, uh, but still made an impact. And then the second half made an offensive impact. But man, he was great the other night, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Even when great scorers are not having great scoring nights, you know what else can they do to contribute? And that's a sign of a good player. So, you know, when RJ Felt was able to do those other things, I mean, that's kind of those are the signs that uh, you're, you're something special. And so it was it was probably a neat thing to see that the other night, but certainly. You love to see guys who, when they're not having great scoring nights, find other ways to contribute and, and be memorable. Roy Williams was in the house, Brian, to see his uh, old player. He coached Wes Miller, and uh, and and Roy has a fan base in Eastern North Carolina. I uh, yeah. I watched the Jeff Charles tribute video at halftime, and then walked out of my seat, and I got back right when the second half was beginning. But I was told there was a long uh, autograph picture line to see Roy Williams. Mike Houston held up that line for a little while, but uh, a lot of people were uh, <laughs> were trying to get a piece of Roy uh, the other night in Minji's. And he's always been great with taking the time to talk to people. Every time he's been on recruiting trips when he was the head coach, that's all it was. It was like uh, Elvis had come into the building, and he's always been gracious with his time and nice to people. I, that's what I've always said is one of the great things about Roy Williams is He's always been down to earth. Uh, the, the rival team and, and the rival coach he used to go against a lot. There was talk of, of them. That's where they were polar opposites. But Roy has always been the one to take time and take pictures and a quick conversation with people. And I've always admired him for his patience and ability to deal with rival fan bases who who uh, want to get pictures or, or to have a quick conversation with them, and he was great with that. Yeah, a lot of those, uh, what, South Central, Kinston, those trips, Brian, uh, he would spend a lot of that game, uh, those games, just uh, smiling put a, you know, uh, with a selfie in his face. Well, in, in this day and age, you don't really need to show up just to watch a kid anymore. You already know what they're going to do. It's more of a... Uh, Look, I'm here. I, yeah, yeah, one of those things. Yep, I'm interested. I love you. I'm here. And... Uh, and then it's great not only recruiting for other kids who may see you, but it's great recruiting for your fan base because we know North Carolina is a brand that's you know probably the top brand in our state when it comes to the number of fans. I've always said that the most fans of anything I've seen in East North Carolina, Carolina Panther fans are up there, but North Carolina basketball fans specifically. There seems to be more of them than almost anything else that I've seen in Eastern North Carolina because they do come out of the woodwork, but... But it's for reasons like that. When when you have such a great ambassador for your school who is not only well-known but is willing to be so nice to people and take the time, that can't help but make you a fan of that person and, and ultimately that school. Pirates on the road coming up uh, this Sunday at SMU. They'll be at Tulsa 8 o'clock on Tuesday. Then a huge sports day here next Saturday in Greenville. East Carolina will host North Carolina in baseball that afternoon at 2 o'clock. And then that night, uh, February 25th, 8 o'clock Saturday night, they'll welcome in the number 2, 3, wherever they're going to be, maybe 1, uh, Houston Cougars coming up. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a huge day coming up next Saturday. ECU baseball 
getting underway uh, later today. Going to try to get this game in tonight, Brian. They begin their season with a three-game set against George Washington. And once again, high expectations. And for good reason. I, I feel like I do this every year, Brian, where you have guys leave. And when Agnos and Worrell and Mayhew and a lot of talent leaves, you're like, uh-oh, what's it going to look like next year? And then you start to see the pieces coming together. You start to hear more about these new faces who we'll see. Uh, maybe some this weekend, some as we go. And uh, and starting to feel like this is another team that could once again be hosting a regional here uh, in a few months. Every year you hear about how great the recruiting class is coming in. You just have to see it with baseball. And, and sometimes that's a little tougher, even though they play 56 games. You know, it takes a while to figure out who some of those guys are. But by the end of the year, we know those names well. And so, and with baseball, it's a three-year cycle, right? The, the best players usually lead up to the third year if they get drafted. And then you have a few other stragglers. It'll maybe stay four years for you. But Cliff has done a great job of consistently uh, finding the best talent out there He's gone to more of a, a regional and national model of recruiting. Uh, he doesn't recruit as many guys locally as he has in the past, and, and he hasn't had to. I mean, I, we, we're in kind of a little bit of a downswing with our, our area baseball talent, but he's been able to go out and find and identify guys in the state and really in the country now and bring them in, and he's done such a great job with that. The environment helps, and, and the consistency of winning and all those things really helps, and guys want to come and they want to play here now. So, He's done a phenomenal job of recruiting, and boy, if they ever knock that door down to the College World Series, look out. But, uh, but no, Cliff has really kind of made this a national brand. 6 o'clock tonight, first pitch. Got 2 o'clock on Saturday, 1 o'clock the finale on Sunday. And then the uh, the annual midweek uh, first road game of the season in Bowie's Creek. It's a tradition unlike any other, Brian. It'll be ECU and Campbell Tuesday and then that fun uh, three-game set with North Carolina coming up next week. Two at home Friday and Saturday and then they'll play in Chapel Hill uh, next Sunday. So a great schedule. They got Duke after that. So, And really, you look across the board. Uh, we talked about this with Cliff on Monday when he joined us. Part of it is just because of where East Carolina is located, Brian, that they're going to play regional games, right? And so uh, but these teams in the state and the surrounding areas are are really good, and it makes for a uh, really fun schedule in baseball. It's one of the best states when it comes to collegiate baseball. When you look across the state, I'm talking, you know, UNC Wilmington always contends for their conference, and Campbell is now a contender every year for their conference, and, and you can go deeper. Charlotte's always good, and uh, Old Dominion has given ECU problems through the year. So all these bus trip type schools, uh, you know, they're really the Coastal Carolina. What a College World Series before. So no, it, it's really neat that they that that ECU gets challenged. All the ACC schools with Duke being good now, North Carolina and NC State always seem to be good. Wake Forest is ranked in the top ten in the country this year, and some people have them in the top five. So Wake Forest is, is, is a lot of this is expected of them this year. So. Now, college baseball in our state is top-notch, and uh, when you're going to play those those bus trip games, uh, hard to find a, a gimme now uh, on that schedule when you're talking about in-state opponents. Brian North joining us, Pirate Radio Live line here on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Brian, uh, speaking of the Demon Deacons, they're involved in uh, maybe the best ACC game on Saturday. They'll be at Miami coming up at 2 o'clock. Duke will be at Syracuse. Uh, I try to keep up with the conference realignment, Brian, but I may have missed something. Georgia Tech is hosting Florida Tech. Is uh, Florida Tech in the ACC? <laughs> the hell's going on with that game? Uh, with college uh, athletics the way they are, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> yeah. me at this point. Things keep changing like that. So, uh, 
look, it's uh, the ACC's been such a scramble. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody snuck in named Florida Tech. Sunday at 1, North Carolina at NC State. Kind of our weekly NC State check-in. Uh, blew out Boston College, but then lost on the road at Syracuse. They got North Carolina. North Carolina has dominated uh, NC State over the years. The pack will should be favored in this one, I would think, Brian, coming up on Sunday. We'll see if they can uh, take care of business at home in a big game. Well, it's a big game when you're talking about ACC standings and NCAA tournament resume and all those things. North Carolina firmly on the bubble now, and a lot of people think that they wouldn't even make the tournament with their current record the way it is. NC State lost two out of three road games, so they're kind of, is this the the point where they come back to earth? So, now this is a big game for both of these teams when you start talking about their total resume and trying to get into that big dance. Uh, This is, I'm not going to say must win, but no, this is a really important game uh, for the kind of desperation of making sure you want to get into that NCAA tournament. NC State's probably got a little bit better resume, but we all know the Wolfpack and their penchant for uh, giving some stuff away here. So uh, I think it's equally big game for both teams. Normally that might be, you know, your your Saturday headliner in the afternoon, late afternoon, maybe even night. But Raleigh Saturday night will be at Carter-Finley Stadium. Everybody's going to be out there to see the Hurricanes and the Capitals, part of the stadium series. And yeah. talk to Wade Minner, PA announcer uh, of the Hurricanes. Folks are fired up about that. The festivities began today. Uh, they'll be rolling all day tomorrow, tailgating, a lot of fun stuff out there. And uh, should be quite a scene. That's going to be pretty cool to see uh, some outdoor hockey in the state of North Carolina. And good thing they're getting a little bit of a cold uh, blast coming. Through. Yeah. They'll keep that ice cold. So I'm curious as how it's going to look and, and how the ice is going to shape up. And, you know, it's always a great spectacle, but to me it's always about the players and their safety and how well they play in something like that. So, so far, all the different places they've done this, it's worked out pretty well. I think they had snow and some slushy ice a few times. Um, this is about as south, uh, further south of a game that they played in this series, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So this will be interesting to see see how it holds up. Redneck hockey coming up Saturday night uh, in Carter-Finley Stadium. And if that's not enough for your sports weekend, the Daytona 500 coming up on a Sunday, Brian. And had a trivia question the other night at A.J. McMurphy's. Uh, we named off the the last, uh, all the, I think there's 13 champions since 2000 in NASCAR. One name not on that list is Denny Hamlin, but he has won three Daytona 500 since 2016. He has uh, been there uh, at the end of this Super Bowl of NASCAR, just hasn't been there at the end of the season. So how about Denny? How about uh, some others that could potentially win? It's always, it's a, it's a crapshoot uh, Daytona, right, Brian? But uh, who are some guys you're looking at for Sunday? Yeah, well, you look on what's been happening so far. So the Hendrick cars qualify really well as Chevrolets, but then Ford uh, win the the twin. So um, it, it's all going to be about you know who runs well in the draft, partners working together, all, all like that. So I don't know. You know, who do I think is a favorite going in? Joey Logano looks really good uh, in his Ford winning a twin. Uh, then you've got guys, you know, Alec Amarola, who is from Florida, wants to win the Daytona 500. Bad used to sit in the stands and watch those races. Um, he's a guy that, that certainly has a chance. And then there's a guy like Alex Bowman. Um, so, you know, driving the uh, driving some of that Hendrick cars. So um, Kyle Busch wrecked. Or, uh, so I don't know. It, 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 and Denny's always right there at the end, too. So the Daytona 500 has been known to crown some names that you don't always hear. And it seems like it's been more prevalent lately. So, uh, I don't know if it'll be a big name or not, but certainly who can run in the front of the pack in the draft there in the last 10 laps. 
uh, I think is going to be key. So if I had to pick somebody, boy, I don't know. Denny's as good as anybody because I don't know how many four-time champions there have been of the Daytona 500. The list is probably pretty short. Um, you know, so he's as good as picking Denny. But I, I, Joe, I'll put Joey Logano just because uh, of how well he looked in the, in the Twins. Talking to Brian North, uh, let's see if there is uh, anybody on that list. You've got uh, Jimmy Johnson won two, Dale Jr. won two, Jeff Gordon won three, mm-hmm. Dale Jarrett won three, uh, Kale Yarborough won four, yep. Richard Petty won seven. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and we're but we're going back in time there. So yeah, he would be really the first modern day uh, four time winner since Kel Yarborough did it. Uh, that was back in 1984. So yeah, there you go. It's been a while. So you know, Jeff Gorge is about as dominant as I can remember. Uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt always ran great except for the 500. He won more times than anybody at Daytona, I believe, except only one of them was the 500 hmm. to win all the. You know, the July race, the qualifying races, but he could never win until that 1998 performance uh, when he finally got, uh, was able to win. Has it been this way since the dawn of time, Brian, that this has been the Super Bowl of NASCAR, or did this become a thing? Like, you know, I don't know. How, how long is has it always been the Daytona 500s, the one you yeah. that kind of stands out? Yeah. Uh, when they uh, when they first started this whole deal, I mean, that was the first super speedway that they really got onto. They used to race on the beach at Daytona. But it was because it was a warm weather site. That's where they'd start their year. And because it became just such a spectacle and, a, and an event to go to, it became the biggest, you know, kicking it off uh, the season. But no, Daytona, ever since they built it, I'm trying to think, um, gosh, it's been more than 60 years now, 70 years. You have to go back to when NASCAR first formed is when it, the Super Speedway was built. They used to run partially on the beach and then on the roads. And then, of course, when they built the Super Speedway. But no, that's always been kind of the crown jewel of the whole thing. And, and um uh, it's always been the one that everybody wants, and, and not everybody's always been able to get it. Some big names have struggled in that race through the years, and so it is definitely one of those equalizers out there. But it is, uh, and then of course, you know, the '78 race when there was the big snowstorm, and that's when uh, the Allison brothers and, and Kale Yarbrough got in the big fight, and that just kind of took it to another level. And, and so it's always been kind of the spectacle since then, even though there's not as many seats as there used to be. Back when I was going to the 500 in uh, the early 2000s, boy, that was, yeah, 250,000 people would be hmm. in that thing. So um, it was packed. Now it's a little bit different crowd, but more of a TV spectacle than anything. Uh, according to Wikipedia, 1959, first Daytona 500, Lee Petty won in his Oldsmobile, Brian, the manufacturer. Finish, I believe, and it took like three days to determine the winner. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's good stuff. Where does uh, Daytona 500 going live, Brian, rank among the uh, amongst the sporting events you've attended in your life? Yeah, well, you know, it was it was pretty awesome, and and I started covering it back when NASCAR was still kind of in that stage where you showed up at Daytona because you could get driver interviews, right? You would show up there, uh, the and that was speed weeks, so it was mm-hmm. a two-week process. And you could show up there and just walk around the garage, and you'd interview all the drivers. And they were just right there, easy pickings. And then the sport got to be so big, and then press conferences were all scheduled. Then you couldn't find anybody. And it really wasn't worth our effort to go anymore because uh, you didn't have the access. And so, um, but the years I went, 99, 2000, 2001, of course, was the year Earnhardt died. And that yeah. kind of, uh, made the sport even more popular in a, in a tough kind of way. And, oh, by the way, the anniversary of his death will be Sunday. It'll be, I think, the first time the 500 
maybe just the second time the 500's been run on the 19th, uh, which is when he died. So that'll be an interesting thing you'll see probably mentioned during the uh, the broadcast as well. But um, after that is when things kind of got really big and took off from there, and then we could quit going because we just were not getting the access that we needed. Yeah, who was uh, who are your favorites to talk to over the years, Brian? You were able to interact with as far as drivers. Oh, gosh, you know it was uh, everybody was always so accessible. Yeah. I remember uh, Mark Martin just always took pity on me because I was usually by myself, and so he would always. <laughs> Uh, get me off to the side and give me an interview. Earnhardt was fun. I mean, he was the toughest one to get. But with the Eastern North Carolina connection, his yachts being built here, he actually worked in New Bern for a summer as a welder during the warehouser shutdown. Uh, he just had a connection. If you could just get his audience for just a second and let him know you were from Eastern North Carolina, he would always be great with you. Yeah. Daryl Waltrip was always fun. You just had to make sure he was in a good mood. Um, <laughs> you know, Jeff Gordon kind of ushered in that uh, – deal of uh, the Hollywood type yeah. guy who, you know, scheduled a press conference. First time I interviewed Jeff Gordon, I almost got in a fight with him because, you know, he was, uh, it was actually at Bush Gardens um, <laughs> up the road in Williamsburg. Yeah. He just debuted a NASCAR simulator there in early 90s when he just got onto the scene. And he didn't want to do like a one-on-one interview. And he had that little cheesy mustache he had when he first got in. And, and I got mad because, you know, I traveled all that way and he was just such a jerk that time but he got better through the years <laughs> several times after that so i kind of started liking him at the end but everybody was great that was a big good thing about nascar when i was covering it was just the personalities everybody would take time and, and always give you just such colorful honest answers brian north joining us uh if racing baseball hoops isn't enough uh head over to wcti 12 uh saturday afternoon three o'clock you can uh, see a pirate playing football brian the xfl kicks off and uh josh hawkins part of the arlington renegades who will be playing coming up on saturday afternoon so some for everybody uh coming up this weekend in the world of sports brian uh thanks for your time today appreciate it as always what uh what do you and the fam got going on this weekend birthdays what do we got yeah more birthday party circuit also i'll be emceeing the um and griffin they're having some sort of shad um fish cook-off thing okay so that's gonna be around noon tomorrow in, in grifton uh, at the train depot so we're kind of looking forward to that all right with uh you got food on it i'm there i'll try it out. yeah brian hadn't paid for a meal in a long time with all these festivals and uh things you go to so that's good stuff I learned i tell people all the time when i was p- really poor doing this job uh, i used to actually uh construct my grocery bill around the event that's going to come. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm good on Wednesday. Got to find some Thursday. I'm good through the weekend. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going to work this Saturday, even though uh, you know I'm going to go to this game Saturday so I know I can get a lot of pizza at the football game or basketball game. Now. Oh, yeah. I still do that, bro. I'm uh, I, I'm working uh, Saturday, Sunday, so I got a couple meals planned, so I'm good to go. There you go. It's so horrible what us media people do. Uh, the behind the scenes... <laughs> Uh, a horribleness of newscasters and sportscasters on how we look for free food. North, enjoyed it. Uh, have a good weekend, man. All right, you too, Clipper. There is Brian North joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. We will take a time out, come back, see what's going on in the world of golf with Mark Greenhill, Golf Shop Radio Show. He'll join us, Tiger Woods, back on the course. We will talk about that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Back with you after this.
to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 61,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. All righty, back with you here on this Free Beer Friday. Got 15 16-ounce aluminum bottle Bud Light to give away here on a Free Beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll do that in Hour 3. We'll talk to Morgan Aylers in Hour 3. See what's going on in the NFL world with Tony Dunn from CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Get a, uh, a Panthers weekly update and talk about some of the moves there. We'll do that later on in the show. Also, right now, we'll head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk some golf and more with Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show coming your way on Saturday morning right here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, the big story this week uh, in golf was Tiger Woods back on the course. And if you didn't see him yesterday or uh, or today, you may not see him. Because as we speak right now, uh, Greeny, projected cut is even. He is plus one uh, through two days. So uh, he will, uh, looks like, miss the cut unless something happens here, right? It's going to be close. There are currently uh, 67 at even par or better. The cut line is 65, so mm. it could go either way, depending on uh, kind of how things shape up in the afternoon wave here out at Riviera. So it's going to be close. Right now, Keith Mitchell on top of the leaderboard at nine under. And then, man, some big names behind him. Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, all up there at the top of the leaderboard. Scotty Scheffler, four under par. So uh, some big names up there. Greeny, what's the um, – Tiger is the story, and, and I haven't followed him much, so I'll ask you, Greeny. Um, what, uh, how did he look out there? Is this kind of a one-off for him, you think, or is he going to be involved in more of these non-major tournaments moving forward? Yeah, I think you'll you'll get to see him once in a while. He looked he looked pretty decent, um, you know, in terms of, you know, when we saw him come out last year, say the first time we saw him at the Masters, right? I mean, he obviously made the cut in the Masters, but you could see as each round went on, the laboring that he did, you know, you know, first nine holes he looked okay, the second nine holes kind of you could see him laboring a little bit. Then he came out on Friday, and man, he was you know just struggling to try and make the cut and Saturday and Sunday were kind of hard to watch at certain points we know in the PGA championship we saw him make the cut and have to withdraw because it was just too much um you know that's what you're going to see um and what we're looking for and you kind of saw a little bit better like you almost saw yesterday everything looked really good no no laboring maybe a little slight getting tired you know as we came down the stretch and the fact that he you know that he bogeyed three out of his basically his last four holes to kind of miss the cut. So maybe there was a little fatigue there, but you definitely have seen an improvement over what we saw back to July at the open championship last year, as we saw a player who looks a little bit healthier, a little bit stronger, um, you know, hit a lot of good golf shots, was hitting tee shots past both Rory and JT. 
Uh, had a little fun with JT yesterday uh, in terms of hitting by him <laughs> and slipping him a little something in his hand. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I mean, for, the, for not having played a competitive round of golf, you know, by himself in a while, uh, it looked pretty good. Mark Greenell's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Just looking ahead, Greeny, going to be back to the East Coast for golf coming up next weekend at the Honda Classic. I think you've said in the past that, you know, once it it gets back to the Eastern time zone, once you get that, what, Arnold Palmer Invitational coming up early March, the Players' Championship in March, you know, you got the the Masters in April. But once it hits uh, Florida and gets to what, Greeny, early March, that's when – things kind of get rolling for you as far as uh, following it? Yeah, I mean, what you're going to find is that with these designated events, obviously the the last two weeks we've had great fields, which means the Honda Classic, when we come back to uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, is going to suffer. Then you're going to go to Puerto Rico, and you're probably not going to see a great field. And then you'll turn around and you'll get designated events, which are the Arnold Palmer Invitational the first weekend in March, and obviously the Players' Championship. Uh, you know, could we see Tiger at Bay Hill outside chance? I think your better shot is to see him at the Players' Championship. And, and then, of course, you'll see the, the World Match Play Championship, uh, another designated event, and then we roll right into the Masters. So those are kind of your big events that are upcoming on the schedule. Mark Greenelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Greeny, uh, didn't see uh, what you wanted to see last week uh, in Chapel Hill with your uh, your Clemson Tigers, huh? No, but it's interesting. I kind of got to see what's wrong with North Carolina. They are a completely flat team. There's no enthusiasm on that team. When they came out during introductions after, you know, after the, they do the audio and video production and the lights and all that stuff and people with their phones going off, and they introduced the players, and they basically just kind of sauntered out and gave each other a fist bump and then went about their business. <laughs> and you kind of see no life out of the, the Tar Heels. Huh. and really saw no life in about the first seven minutes of the game. They missed a bunch of shots, and then all of a sudden they just started making a bunch of shots, and they were just putting up three-pointers. I think Love made five or six straight three-pointers, and they pulled away. And uh, But you still really didn't see much life out of them. Uh, thank goodness for my Tigers. They turned it around and won by 40 the other night. So, who knows? Oh, that's right. Chandler, you were showing us that score when we were at the ECU game. Took down uh, Florida State, I believe, earlier this week in blowout fashion. And there'll be favorites coming up this Saturday uh, when they are on the road at Louisville. Uh, for folks not following Louisville, 3-23 and this year, 1-14 and in ACC play. So uh, the Tigers looking to keep it rolling when they take on the Cardinals this weekend. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Greeny, uh, what do you guys have planned for Saturday's program? Well, ironically enough, Cliff, I will not be on the air tomorrow. Maddie and Collins will be holding down the fort. I'm down in Florida, and uh, I'm going to be going to Legoland with my son the next two days. So that'll be uh, the excitement for me. But those guys are going to catch up with Bill Bender, probably break down the Super Bowl, talk a little men's college basketball, check in with one of the newest members of the Golf Channel, uh, Charlotte native Johnson Wagner, tour player. So we'll check in with Johnson Wagner. Then we're going to check in with a company called Fairway Leathers. They make all kinds of leather products, including head covers and whatnot. So we're going to check in with Jeff Kendall. And then we're going to talk with Mike McAllister as Live Golf has finally released their schedule, although they haven't really released the full 48 players yet. So we'll talk to uh, Mike McAllister with Live Golf, get a little insight from him as well. Good stuff. Check it out. Coming up 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio on Saturday morning. Mark Greenhilge. Joining us today, Greeny, have a great weekend. Enjoy Legoland, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. do it.
right, thanks, Cliff. Have a good one. All righty. Uh, thank you, Greeny. We'll uh, take a break, come back. One more segment to go here in hour number two. We'll uh, play a little game. Let's do the alphabet game. Chandler West, are y'all familiar with the alphabet? You pretty, you know your letters well? Try, yeah. All right. Well, that's half the battle. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll we'll, uh, throw out some categories. We'll uh, we'll test your knowledge here on a Friday. College baseball has started. We have some games that are going on right now. I'm seeing some reports uh, on Twitter that, yeah. if you remember them, last year, Tommy Tanks White, Tommy White from NC State, he was uh, he transferred to LSU, and I'm seeing that he is hurt. He is uh, apparently was diving back to first base on a pickoff move, and he was uh, escorted off the field by a trainer with his arm elevated. So not a good sign for Tommy Tanks. They're playing in that uh, the big tournament down in Texas, I believe, or that Invitational. Uh, that gets the season underway every year. But, yeah, that is uh, some big news right now going on in social media. If we have an uh, update, we will pass that along. All right, let's take a break. Come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Hey, Chandler. Hey, Clipper. Good job. Wes Hines filling in today. We always appreciate and enjoy Wes being around. We have a starting lineup for ECU. All right. As they take on... George Washington coming up at 6 o'clock, leading off. And Do you have your lineup that you cast? Uh, it's in the back. But I know I did have the first two right. Okay. Uh, Jacob Jenkins Cowart will be leading off playing center field. Lane Hoover will be hitting second playing left field. Uh, Justin Wilcoxon is catching today. He'll be hitting third. The star man, Jacob Starling. In the cleanup, Alec Makarevich at the hot corner hitting fifth. Luke Nowak will be the DH. We asked the guys uh, on the Delcor Players Lounge who is someone that maybe didn't get a lot of PT last year or a newcomer that is stepping up, having a good offseason, having a good uh, winter leading into the spring. And Luke Nowak was mentioned quite a bit from the players. So he will be the DH coming up in tonight's game uh josh moylan playing first base and hitting seventh carter cunningham will be uh hitting eighth and shack joey barini playing short will be hitting ninth um so i got one two and eight nine exactly right and uh missed the others as far as my projections for the starting lineup uh, Steven Igo got one, two, three, four, five, six right. 
in his lineup. So Lottie freaking die, Stephen. You did it again. I think he had some inside information. That's uh, that's kind of his job, right? You can never trust Stephen Igo, who has all the sources. Never trust him, but always trust him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, Wes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I need to hear. The Wes uh, admiration. All right, um, or confirmation. Let's uh, let's play a little game. I like to play games here when we have Bryce Williams on, when we have different guests on. Today, when we have our special producer, Wes Hines, want to play a game. I think you'll be good at this one, Wes. All right. Let's try right. We're going to play the alphabet game. Your first category is going to be cities and towns in the state of North Carolina. Okay. And you guys are going to alternate going okay. to buy the alphabet, beginning with A. Um, Wes, since you're uh, our guest today, mm-hmm. we'll let you go first, uh, starting with the letter A. Asheville. Asheville, you're uh, you're on the board. Chandler. Burlington. All right. Charlotte. Okay. Uh, Denver. Okay. What? There is a Denver, North Carolina out west, right? Yep. What? That's right. (laughs) Denver is in Lincoln County. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. All right. uh, E West. Everett's. Farmville. Woof. Greenville. Harold's. Let's go with. uh, I thought about skipping I. Should we skip I and get to another consonant? Or is. Yeah, just go to J. Let's go to J West. Okay. Jacksonville. All right. Uh, Kinston. Okay. Um, let's go with LaGrange. Uh, let's go Mooresville. Okay. Uh, let's go with. Uh, what a battle. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ten. Nine. Oh, God. Eight. Ian. Ian, Ian, Ian. Seven. Six. Uh, five, I don't know if Ian. Four. Three. I'm two. done. I'm done. I'm not. New Bern. Oh, man. Chandler, you are the king of North Carolina geography. At least I won something. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Wanted to get you a... Uh... That went long, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it was kind of... I mean, we could... I was, I was trying to... I was going to flip it around and keep going again. Okay. And, well, and do more... Uh, go back through ABC. Okay. But but I mean we don't have, we can move on. I was, we'll see if you had if you had Newburn I had O and I've been sitting here. I'm I think glad I was going to skip O and go right to P. I couldn't think of uh, anything. Yeah. All right. I figured because Wes, you know towns that uh, around these parts that none of us have ever heard of. Right. But uh, all right, way to go, Chandler. All right, let's do uh, movies for this one. Okay. Okay. Let's see how far we can get. Chandler, you can start it off. I have to go like. <laughs> I have to do the alphabet to make sure I... I well, remember. A is first. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go Aladdin. All right. Bad News Bears. Uh, let's go um, Captain America. Okay. Uh, let's go with... Uh, shoot. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, y- y'all, y'all making me look terrible. Um, yeah, that's our uh, our our bad. Dal- Sorry, because uh, I'm thinking Dalmatian. Uh, uh, d- 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 
Uh, All right, you tapping out on well, D? I'm going to have to because I I can't think. I was thinking Dogma was the movie. Never heard of that one. Never heard that one. Don't. There's got to be a don't something. Anyway, all right, Wes, you're out. Yep. Can you think of a category to give me and Chandler to play? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Steve Hill said Die Hard. Oh, boy. Or Die Hard 2. Yeah. What about food? Or Die Hard you 3. Want, you want me and Clip to try to do food? There you go. Food. All right. Uh, asparagus. Bacon. Carrots. Um. Deviled eggs. Eggs. <laughs> Uh, let's go with fruitcake. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Gabagoo. That gabagoo. Um, garden salad. Uh, green green go. beans. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, let's go with mm. uh, H. I want to say house salad. Does that count? <laughs> I, want yeah. to, I want to try your house salad. Wes is going to say yes. All right. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, does ice cream count? Yes. All right. Yes. Thank you. Let's go with uh, Jay. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Jay. Uh, Ten. Uh Oh no! I was thinking Cracker Jacks. What is that, uh, Jay? Jambalaya. Oh my goodness! At the buzzer. Jambalaya. I was hoping you wouldn't get it because I can't think of one with K. Oh uh, my goodness! That's oh, easy. All right, relax. Um, K. Uh huh. KFC. <laughs> no, no, no. Crispy no. cream. Uh, I can think of businesses. Um, K. 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 Cream. Cream. Corn. Corn. The band that starts with a K. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm blank. All right, Chandler wins. Kettle corn. You could. No. What were you gonna say, Wes? Kale. Ah, the old kill. The old kill. Got me again. Kill. Three and O. Oh. You ran the table there? Ran the table. Are they calling you Mr. Alphabet? Yeah. The ABC killer? <laughs> Way to go, Chan Man. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Hour 3, Pirate Radio Live, we've got our Free Beer Friday giveaway. We've got Morgan Ehlers. We've got Tony Dunn and more. One more hour to go here on a Friday. We're back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Christie's Europub is the perfect place to relax, grab a bite, and enjoy a drink. Located in the heart of Greenville and just a few blocks from ECU's campus, Christie's offers lunch, dinner, and late night with live music every Sunday. Come and have lunch Monday through Friday from 11 to 3 or Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 4. For the latest information, check Christie's check Christie's out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram or Christie'sEuropub.com. Scratch cooking takes time, so relax and enjoy a pint today at Christie's Europub. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, we got some uh, scheduling news regarding ECU basketball. So the East Carolina at Tulane game was postponed uh, last Saturday. They are going to play that game Friday, March the 3rd at 7 o'clock. So that week is going to look like this for East Carolina. They'll play uh, Saturday the 25th against Houston at home. They'll be home Wednesday. So they won't have to travel. That's a good thing. Uh, taking on Tulane. That's a 9 o'clock tip-off in Menji's on a Wednesday night on ESPNU. Two days later, they play at Tulane on a Friday. Two days after that, they'll play at UCF on a Sunday. And then the next week is the conference tournament. So they are going to be in like two conference tournaments almost playing all those games that's a lot of basketball going to be some tired legs but i don't know who knows maybe they can get uh, some rhythm going uh but there is that announcement east carolina will uh, play their game at tulane friday march the third two days after playing tulane at home you'll have a quick turnaround in those games morgan aylers joins us on the pirate radio live line as uh, he is here on a Friday. Morgan, how you doing, sir? I am doing pretty good. Baseball season getting ready to crank up and uh, busy weekend. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good day. Clark DeClaire uh, should be jumping uh, probably right now, but definitely an hour from now when East Carolina takes on George Washington. And, man, what a night it was Wednesday in Menjis Morgan. Uh, one we'll never forget. And uh, a couple of things get me going. Uh, Chandler, I told you I like the uh, the crowd pops in Menjis, and we were able to get a bunch of those in that comeback. Uh, but, man, it's uh, nothing's better when the crowd's loud and Morgan's screaming. After R.J. Felton hits the uh, go-ahead jump shot with a minute left, Morgan, uh, you did awesome the other night, an emotional night in Menjis, and uh, a, a really fun night after uh, what has been a rough week and what will continue to be uh, some tough times with the passing of uh, our friend Jeff Charles. Yeah, it really was emotional. I mean, uh, walking into to Menjis Coliseum the other night, I got there about an hour before tip-off, and uh, sort of hit me that he wasn't there you know and then you you go over and you sit down and where I sit is almost directly across from where uh, his broadcast position usually is and they've got the chair and uh, the flowers that kind of thing and he wasn't there and just had a uh, an emptiness and then you know the game tipped off and we did a moment of silence and almost paused a little bit on that but uh, got through it and then the game, you know, the game was going, and you know, Cincinnati couldn't do anything wrong. The first probably half, and maybe half of the second half, we were down. I think what sixteen points, and 
if you ever believe in divine intervention, you and I sort of sent that, sent a message after the game yeah. about that. Um, that you know, East Carolina was meant to win that basketball game the other night. I think you have to really look at divine intervention because honestly, we didn't play very good basketball the first half or so, and uh, Cincinnati couldn't like I said couldn't do anything wrong and came back and. Uh, man, they just, like you said, when Minji's gets rocking, it's a really hard place to play. And, uh, you know, it was, it can't get much louder than it was the last maybe 10 minutes of the game the other night. Man, it was a lot of fun and uh, a lot of heroes the other night. But, Morgan, we've talked about just the athleticism of R.J. Felton and when his shot's not going in, he finds ways to make an impact. Well, there in the second half, he was doing it on the offensive end. They kept isolating him, and uh, he was just going to work. But also the other plays he made, the, of course, the save at the end, but also the offensive rebound put back amongst three guys down low and then the defensive play he makes on the big man on the switch where he causes a turnover he uh he had just a, an epic last six seven whatever minutes of that game the other night he's so athletic he's so fun to watch he's so athletic and when you 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 watch him i mean he's a big dude if you you get down real close to him on the court he might not be the tallest basketball player on the court but physically, he can match up strength-wise with anybody. He loves to play defense. And uh, the, the mismatch he had on number five the other night, especially late in the game, they kept going to him and going to him. He, they had no answer because you, vertically, I don't know what his vertical jump is, but uh, he can really elevate on his jump shot, and he's hard to block. And, you know, it was uh, again, it was just a, a perfect in, ending to a very tough night. And, uh, as Jeff used to say, we got to paint that one purple. That we did, and it was uh, it was awesome to see. Uh, old Roy was uh, in Menji's checking out his former player that he coached, Wes Miller, and uh, he got a lot of attention, Morgan. He was behind you, so you were not facing him during the game, but a lot of uh, pictures and uh, autograph seekers and just people that wanted to chat with him, including Mike Houston, uh, John Gilbert, some other pirate dignitaries there uh, during the game, but Roy uh, caused a little bit of a stir up there at the second level. Yeah, you know, that's and whether you like North Carolina or UNC or Carolina, whatever you want to call them, or you don't like them, uh, especially with their basketball tradition there, uh, that basketball family is very, very tight. It started with Dean Smith and carried on with Roy Williams, among others, and uh, you know, coming out this driving down from Chapel Hill to support his former player. That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, Roy Williams, uh, one of the legendary coaches in college basketball. And But, you know, even when he was active, when he was recruiting a player, I remember when he was at South Central, uh, you know, recruiting uh, the big man that now is in the NBA. I'm trying to think. Uh, North Carolina? Yes, played at Carolina, and now he's in the NBA. Big guy. Um uh, Totally lost my train of thought, but you know who I'm talking about. Local kid? Local kid. Yes. Sharp? At South Central. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Sharp. Uh, at halftime, you know, he's he's watching the game, but at halftime he would take pictures with people that would come up as soon as the game got going on again, they stopped it. They did. I heard he did the same thing the other night. So, again, class act, whether you like Carolina, you don't like Carolina. Uh, you know, he's always done that, and uh, kudos to him for coming down and supporting his former player. 
Pirates on the road at SMU this weekend on Sunday. They'll be on the road uh, at Tulsa on Tuesday night. And then, Morgan, uh, what a day in Greenville next Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'll be on the uh, the PA for ECU North Carolina at 2 o'clock. Morgan Aylers will be on the mic that night in Menji's Coliseum as they take on top five. Who knows where Houston will be uh, by the time that game rolls around. But that is at 8 o'clock on Saturday. And that's one that uh, I know the folks in the athletic department uh, got to be excited about. It's going to be a fun day to be a sports fan in Greenville. Yeah, you got two big matchups. Of course, the baseball Pirates uh, uh, ranked in the top 10 in a couple polls, top 15 in most polls. And then North Carolina, always a tough team and a tough out. And then you've got one of the top teams in college basketball rolling into Minji's Coliseum. And uh, maybe the painted purple uh, mojo might continue here for the Pirates when they take on Houston. What an upset that would be to knock off a nationally ranked team in Minji's Coliseum. It happened a few years ago, and the only person there to see it was Brian Bailey. Were you were you on the mic that game, Morgan, when they uh, beat him the COVID year? Uh, yes. All right. So Morgan Aylers and Brian Bailey were the only two people storming the court after the game. Yeah, uh, that that was a weird deal. <laughs> I'm sure. That was so weird. Even watching on TV, I was excited. East Carolina was winning, but. It just obviously it wasn't the same uh, without fans there. We even played. Uh, we've been playing some awesome Jeff Charles memories this week on the show, and we played that one. And you could almost hear his voice echoing in the arena just because there was nobody there uh, to celebrate it. Well, they actually had uh, they called it the penalty box for me during the piece. Oh yeah, they had the little plexiglass thing that came <laughs> across the yeah. desk, but it ended at the desk, so everybody's sitting there beside you but you know the plexiglass didn't do any good because i don't yep. over the deck same thing with baseball and i was like what is the purpose of this thing but anyway yeah it is what it is that it is morgan Aylers joining us uh, a lot going on this weekend morgan we've talked about ecu athletics uh but also daytona 500 the xfl uh if you're into that uh, talked to Earl West reminded me earlier uh, elimination chamber going on for uh, wrestling fans out there on Saturday. So uh, ECU baseball. I mean, you got a ton going on. Uh, pretty underrated sports weekend coming up. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, you probably watch some reruns of your soap operas or something like that going on, and yeah, not, not a whole lot. <laughs> it's, uh, I got to catch up on Young and the Restless. I hadn't watched it in 25 years, but I'm sure the storylines are probably still the same today. Oh, Victor Newman. Yeah, what's Victor up to? What's Jack Abbott doing these days? He's like, I don't know. They're probably still alive. I don't know. Yeah. I really, I used to watch that, you know, way back when. But, you know, no, nah, I'm not a soap opera guy anymore. Yeah, I can't say I've seen one in a while. But uh, that was always on at my grandparents' house and uh, and my uh, and my home as well. Morgan Ayler's joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, I do have something that you need to watch, though, Cliff. All right. I love Morgan Ayler's recommendations. What do you got? Okay. Are you a Godfather movie fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Offer on HBO, okay, is about the making of the movie The Godfather. It's a miniseries. Yeah. And I think it's got 10 parts to it. Very well done. Okay. You You need to watch that, the way they made the movie and the problems they had making the movie and it's real. They really did a good job of basically recreating the whole thing with the actors and the people that do it. You can go back and Google it up while you're watching. You say, "Oh man, that guy really looks like." Him. Watch the offer. 
All right. You're a Godfather fan. You'll enjoy it. I remember when it came out because my mom was excited about it. She loves mafia movies, and uh, she watched that. So, uh, yeah, I gotta, I'll, I'll check that out. All right. Uh, Wes Hines is here, Morgan, uh, your good friend. Wes. Uh, yeah, y'all. Living legend. Yes, sir. What's going on, Morgan? You tell me what's going on, Wes. I want your opinion on it. I have no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Wes got, has a lot of thoughts, but maybe this isn't the platform for him. A while ago, y'all were talking about uh, the Young and the Restless and all that. Yeah. Do you realize that that, um, that Young and the Restless and uh, Bold and the Beautiful are the only uh, um, two? Um, yes, I did. They're the only ones left. They're oh, there's no more like uh, General Hospital. General Hospital, General Days Hall- of Our Lives. That's right. They're all on uh, on their streaming platform. They took, oh, off, uh, they took it off the TV. Gotcha. So it's now on their own streaming platform. I was not aware of that. Yeah. All right. I did not know that. There you go. Would have made my night in the event that I ever get to the point where I have to stream soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what to do. Morgan, have a good, uh, have a fun weekend, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Flipper. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you, all you guys do. Yes, sir. There's Morgan Aylers. Wes, uh, you, uh, had a relationship with the voice jeff charles worked with him many a times yes sir and uh we have shared our memories all week and uh why not uh give us a few of yours what do you uh remember about the voice i remember when i first um, met jeff um firsthand which about which is almost right at 30 years now uh 30 years ago um he was uh trying to get baseball on the radio so he ended up uh doing a deal with um Twelve fifty WGHB, and uh, we carried uh, baseball. Wow! And and um, it was not the baseball like you hear over the telephone. That was actually a special uh, broadcast uh, Comrex that actually changed it from a telephone line and made it sound like it was you're right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was when technology was just starting. Technology just started thirty years ago. People forget that. No, you I mean, mean I know. You mean the the broadcast, take yeah. the Comrex and all that. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. I didn't know he was uh, doing that on twelve fifty. Yes, he was back in the day. Mm-hmm. We uh, heard a cut of. I think it, I guess it was. Oh, it was the other night uh, on the ESPN Plus broadcast of the basketball game going in and out of commercial. They were playing. Jeff Charles calls, and uh, they played one from the 1993 CAA Baseball Championship, mm-hmm. um, which would have been 30 years ago. That's right. Uh, and he called uh, that championship victory. So I heard that the other night. That was pretty cool. All right. Uh, let's get a break in. We will come back. Uh, tell you what, Wes. Ooh. Let's make somebody a winner right now. Okay. I'm ready to give away this beer. This 15-pack of 16-ounce aluminum bottles. So, booty bag, here you go, right? Yes, sir. Good intro. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. So, booty bag, here you go. 317-1250. We'll do caller number 8. 317-1250. Must be 21 or older and have not won so far in the month of February. God, not to go Troy D here, but like, can you believe we're over halfway done with February? It's the 17th already. Where does the time go? 317-1250, caller 8. We'll be back with more Pirate Radio Live after this. 
to see what's really going on. They'll determine the root cause and not just symptoms, so you don't waste money fixing the wrong issues. Call 252-558-1280 for in-store or remote service, or make an appointment online at universitypccare.com. Greenville's newest sports bar is officially open. Coco's Sports Bar, located in the old Professor O'Cool's location right off of Greenville Boulevard, has daily specials, including $2.50 aluminum bottles on Tuesdays and $1 wings on Wednesdays. Along with their great food, Coco's has great entertainment for you and the crew to enjoy with karaoke on Thursdays, a live DJ on Fridays, and live music every Saturday night. Check out Coco's Sports Bar on Facebook for the latest information on menu items, drinking lunch specials, and more. Go Pirates! Official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Everybody loves burgers. Everybody loves burgers. Everybody loves burgers. Now back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Rock. Congrats to Bobby Swords. No relation to Liquid Swords, the phenomenal album by the genius in the 90s from Wu-Tang Clan. Bobby Swords, our Bud Light winner today on a free beer Friday. Uh, enjoy some nice, crispy Bud Lights this weekend out at Clark LeClaire Stadium as the Pirates take on George Washington uh, just over 30 minutes away from that one and uh we'll talk more about that basketball scheduling news later on east carolina and tulane will make up their game from last saturday coming up on march the third in new orleans two nights after the pirates host tulane two days before they play on the road at ucf that is a lot of basketball in a short amount of time right before the uh, conference tournament at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. Right now, we'll head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Welcome on Tony Dunn for our Friday NFL chat. Tony, how you doing today, man? Good, good. Five o'clock hour, the third hour. I feel like I'm in the big leagues now. Welcome to the show. Uh, we've got some breaking news regarding my football team. Yes. The Commanders... Uh, I just don't understand this move. I, I don't dislike it. I don't understand it from, uh, I guess, from the Eric Bieniemy standpoint. Eric Bieniemy uh, has finalized a deal to make him the new offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, according to Ian Rappaport. 
So uh, he will run the offense. Ron Rivera, uh, obviously a, a defensive-minded head coach with his time in the NFL as a good, solid linebacker. But Eric Bieniemy, Tony, um, I guess you should ask me how I feel about it, but I'm the host. I guess I'll ask you and Chandler. What do you all think of this move? He finally gets away from Kansas City, I guess, and gets a new face. Is that the good thing? Like, what's the point? Is he trying to prove himself away from Andy Reid or something? Is it? I don't know. Well, he has to do that, Cliff. Like, he he has to prove himself against Andy Reid, away from Andy Reid, because there's a reason he's been a name that's been a hot coaching candidate name, or at least one that fans have talked a lot about. But he has not secured a job. Maybe he got a couple of interviews last year or the year before, I think, maybe, and uh, things slowed down for him. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people continue to go, man. That special sauce is is Andy Reid over there. And uh, I guess the question is why the commanders, you know, is that first they're the only ones that really have given him a serious look, it seems like, uh, that now have made him an offer. And then you got to worry, too, is that does that type of style fit into a Ron Rivera team? But what I was hearing earlier is that um, Eric Bieniemy, while he has been involved with the Kansas City offense, has not been part, really, of the passing game development. He's been their run game coordinator. Mm. And so, like, I think Mike Kafka, who was the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, was their passing coordinator before he went to the Giants last year. So, look, is that like Ron Rivera likes to run the ball. The enemy uh, at least is comfortable. He used to be a running back, I believe. Uh, so he's going to have to go in there and adjust uh, his style to one that's going to fit the Ron Rivera um, model. The, I guess the scary part, like you said, is why would you do it? How does that make sense? Because more than likely, all these people are going to get fired at the end of the year. Uh, Ron Rivera, I mean, that is not the most stable spot to be, even though Ron Rivera is Mr. Stability. But as far as hot seats and things of that nature, you're right, Tony. This is a this is a big prove-it year for Ron Rivera. And he's going into that prove-it year with Sam Howell, who's threw one good long pass to Terry McLaurin and got people excited. He's going to be the quarterback. Talk about adjusting. You adjust from going from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell. That doesn't sound like a fun adjustment. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of baffled by this whole thing. I, I don't know if I would be uh, how confident I would be that the, the commanders are really going to rock with Sam Howell. Like is that I know that Ron Rivera came out and said he's on our roster, he's going to have a chance, but we haven't hit free agency yet. Yeah, We don't know really what's going to happen and how these teams are going to approach it. We don't know what's going to happen in the draft. Not that uh, I think the answer is necessarily in the draft that Ron's going to want to get a guy there or trade up and do all of that and start him. But, you know, the free agency, I think Ron Rivera's always going to say this, is that the guy, the answer's on your roster. That's what he's going to say until it's not. They took a big swing with Carson. We're not. A, they took a swing with Carson Wentz. They don't have a lot of luxury to fail again. And I don't know if Ron Rivera has enough leash to be confident in trotting out Sam Howell out there. Talking to Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast, uh, Eric Bieniemy on his way to Washington, Chandler. Uh, I hate to steal your spotlight, but me and Tony Dunn, Panther fans, have some news to share, as we have yep. found 
our new offensive coordinator, it seems like. Oh. Tom Pelesero breaking the news earlier today. He tweets, the Panthers plan to hire Rams assistant head coach Thomas Brown as their offensive coordinator, sources tell me and Rappaport. A highly regarded young coach, Brown has gotten head coaching interviews uh, the past two off seasons, a key addition to Frank Reich's staff. Thomas Brown. Okay. I was going to guess young white guy. Nope. Young uh, black guy is the coach. Uh, was the offensive coordinator for Miami back uh, in 2016 to 2018. He spent the past couple of years with the Rams. Uh, when he got to the Rams, he was the running backs coach and assistant head coach. He's been a running backs coach majority of his uh, majority of his coaching career, but last year he spent it as the tight ends coach and assistant head coach, and now he'll get his chance at Colin Plays for Frank Reich's new staff in Carolina. Uh, oh, my buddy Kellen tuned in. Welcome back to Eastern North Carolina. Thomas Brown was a running back at Georgia, according to Kellen. I feel like I should know him then. Tight ends coach, former tight ends coach. And we've gotten, this is the second uh, Rams coach. Really, this is all coming where there's a lot of connections between the Rams right now and the Carolina Panthers. We hired Jonathan Cooley uh, yesterday, I believe, which is their uh, second, like our as our secondary coach. He was a defensive back coach. And that relationship stems from Ajiro Evero, who was uh, with L.A. when, um, I guess going back to Brandon Staley, which I still could I did not know that, that that's where Staley got his, kind of made his bones, was in the Rams after, I guess, Wade Phillips or something like that. And then also the Carolina Panthers have hired Todd Walsh, uh, who is a, as the defensive line coach. He's coming from Detroit. He, though... This is, I think, a great example of a blend of young coaches and more seasoned veteran coaches is that you get Frank Wright with all of that experience. You get Ajiro Evero as the young, you know, kind of youthful addition. Deuce Staley brings the intensity. Todd Wash, defensive line coach, has been coaching since 2007 and did five years as a defensive coordinator with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then they bring in uh, Parks Frazier, who was the passing game coordinator for uh, under Frank Reich when he was in Indianapolis. He'll be having that same role in Carolina. Fun fact there is Frank Reich uh, officiated or did the ceremony for Parks Frazier's uh, wedding with Caroline Can, who was a yep. former Panthers um, reporter, uh, I guess, reporter for the team. Yeah. And then in more news. Big, big news day for the coaching staff. I think they filled it all out. They got a vice president coming in who was a former Green Beret, Brian Decker, and he's described himself as the general manager for the Army Green Berets. Huh. A leader of, a real leader of men. And we'll try to. He said, if, I mean, basically, he's looking. If, I think he argues that elite talent is a human trait, not just a football trait. All right. Uh, interesting. We'll see how that works out. So, uh, yeah, a lot of news here uh, after Super Bowl week uh, going on uh, with my team and uh, with the Carolina Panthers as well. Tony, a uh, question for you. Have you watched any YouTube highlights uh, of Anthony Richardson lately? Just curious. Uh, I actually did see one uh, one or two plays recently. <laughs> there are. I'm just saying a lot of mocks I'm looking at. And again, we always say this is just, they're basically for fun. There are people that 
follow it and have insiders and things like that and try to, to predict what's going to happen. But it is fun to look at. And I got to say, I've looked at a ton of them that have Anthony Richardson going ninth overall to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so we're in mock draft season, Tony. He's not going to be the only guy I ask you about between now and, you know, in the next uh, couple months or whatever. But uh, what's the uh, the Richardson chatter, I guess, the approval rating, if he is to be that pick for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, a lot of people are, you know, compare him to Cam Newton, you know, uh, athletic quarterback, uh, can do everything, got a cannon of an arm, um, you know, mobile. I guess right now the Panthers, uh, the fans, it's just like everybody, everybody wants anybody but Will Levis, it seems like. Uh, mm. is the I was listening to a show this week, uh, Pick Central and Barstool, and, and uh, Brandon... Uh, well, I forget his last name. Brandon Walker said that when the combine comes up, people are going to go crazy over both Richardson and Levis. And they were talking about how like a long shot first overall pick with Levis or Richardson wouldn't be the worst bet in the world because they're about to showcase uh, their talents and their shorts with no defenders around them. So I just found that interesting. Yeah, I mean, they, it seems like everybody falls in love with some somebody's stock you know, surges. Yeah. Whether you go back to Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, you know, and they do something that uh, people go, oh, that's a trait that's going to translate. And then they start creating all the scenarios for why Anthony Richardson's going to be great. And he's only started 13 games in college and has a 54% completion percentage in, in college. Or Levis, uh, Levis, everybody says his tape is terrible. I think he's got, like, the makeup. He looks good uh, in a football uniform for sure. And, Cliff, I'm going to put in a little shameless plug here for the C3 Panthers podcast. We, as we enter draft season, have uh, started a new series and uh, I think you're re- it's going to really resonate with you, the series, because you know that I have adopted the Clip Rock strategy of I don't really care about these mocks or this combine uh, because 95% of it will be wrong and only 5% of those people will be any good in the NFL <laughs> and they probably won't be on any of the teams that you thought they were going to be on. So, But my partner in crime, Cody name, big draft guy, our series is convince me to care. Okay, and, and he has we he selects somebody, and the show it's kind of like a good cop bad cop uh, is like, hey, you got to try to make me uh, be interested in this draft pick. Uh, I hear you, and I, I hate that I have taken away some of your love for this silly season, this off season, because you used to do like full draft guides and everything, be really into it. And then I slowly chipped away all that joy uh, that this uh, brought you. But I'll say this. I love mock drafts, but I don't care about them, and they don't matter. It's, it's kind of like a, a TV show. Like, I love it, but it's inconsequential to my life. You know I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I enjoy looking at them, but I, I just can't get into – and when I say I enjoy looking at them, I enjoy looking at, like, the first 15 picks, and I'm kind of done after that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I like looking at dra- mock drafts until we start getting into 3.7 and 7.22.276 or yeah. whatever, an iteration. And then you're just manufacturing different scenarios. Right. 
Um, I, you know, Cliff, is that I wouldn't say that you chipped away at the joy. One is that first it was, you know, this is kind of mandatory for our business to be, you know, t- talking about what people are talking about when it comes to football. But two, I think your just position just turned out to be realistic and rational about everything. And also, just, what players, uh, like, did a player turn you off maybe, like, that you were really excited about that you got and it didn't turn out or somebody you missed on maybe? Yeah, I think it's more watching. Look, it's because I've tried to be uh, forthright in the fact that I'm not a football expert. I just consider myself an expert football fan. And then as I listen to all these A, so-called experts, and B, self-proclaimed experts, and then see that that 99% of their effort is all for naught and, like, completely off. You know what I mean? Think about this. They run contest clip where you could win a million dollars if you get all the first picks of the draft right. Well, there's a reason they do that, because nobody does it. Not even the damn... People who are supposedly in the know. And I think I just got exhausted. It's almost like this. I feel like we're just screaming into a void. Like so much, I have so much, I only have so much time and energy. Yeah. And I already devote a lot of it to nonsensical things that don't pay me any money, really. And, you know, do I really want to take away from my family, my life, my whatever, for something that is fantasy boy that was uh that was beautifully stated tony and it really makes you think about the things that are important in life like uh Uh, tonight's nba celebrity all-star game i mean i'm gonna run down that roster coming up with wes in just a moment and see how many people you know on this list wes because i sure don't know a lot of zero (laughs) Uh, what's the was there now i mean we can make that we can make everything relevant by gambling on it so that is true i need to find a line on this game tonight maybe it's a line on that and then all of a sudden hey now we're not talking fantasy land anymore tony thanks for joining us uh we'll continue our off-season chats until we uh finally get up to that draft day but we got some combine free agency we do have some fun times ahead uh during the nfl calendar yeah, you guys check out Convince Me to Care. All right. Uh, Michael Mayer was the first uh, pick he, uh, that Cody tried to pitch to me. And, boy, he really took on a tall task. Not only did he try to convince me to care about somebody that I really don't. On top of that, it was a tight end that he says should be drafted in the first round, and that is my golden rule. Do not draft tight ends in the first round. So- I'll break that rule next year for Bowers from Georgia. If he's available. Well. Uh, so go, uh, what, YouTube, C3 Podcast, we can see that? Yes, sir. All right, we'll do it. Tony, thanks for joining us, man. All right. Thank you. We'll take a break, come back. When we return, I'm glad I saw this was going on tonight. I think we did this last year. I'm going to run over the roster for the uh, NBA Celebrity All-Star Game tonight. All right, I recognize a few names. And we'll see if uh, Chandler and Wes can recognize these people. Wes is already tapping out of the game when it started. I Wes am. is already pointing to me. He's well, like, yeah. I, I, Wes. It's point. gotten to where now I actually don't know the majority of the roster. I know. I'm interested to see how many of these names, these people you know. Kevin Hart's got to be there, right? He's an all-star oh legend. Oh, my God. This is the time of year I get so sick of Kevin Hart. He's on everything. He's literally I got to be honest. all-star I, legend. I haven't seen much of him in a while. Maybe I'm just... 
not watching maybe i'm streaming more and not watching like commercials and i just don't see a lot of kevin hart anymore and that's a good thing he's funny but he used to he used to be on every channel all the time it became too much we'll take a break kind of like me on pirate radio the way you folks feel about me i'm on all the time way too much i'm sorry you're on commercials i know i'm here i met i met clark leclerc tomorrow i'm sorry i realize that i'm a little much deal with it back with you after this Happy New Year. This is Talbot Green, and I'm excited to announce our new partnership with Integrity Home Mortgage. Integrity Home Mortgage offers a wide variety of programs ranging from conventional, government, and port. Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Alright, welcome back to the program. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store for store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, include 93 ethanol, free high-octane gas, which is the best for all you belt owners. Country Mart, filling you up with a great fu- great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. I had no idea until Chandler told me earlier it is NBA All-Star Weekend. Shows how out of touch I am with the NBA since the Hornets are the worst team of all time. That's not true. The Bobcats years ago were the worst team of all time. Seven wins. Literally. In a shortened season, but still seven wins. Uh, Percentage-wise, worst team ever. Yes. I believe. All right. um, The celebrity game's going on tonight. I remember we did this last year. As the years goes on, the older I get, the less people I know that are popular for whatever reason. Let's see uh, how we do this year. I'll throw it to Wes and Chandler, too. Uh, on Team Smith tonight. Team Smith, I guess, named after Ryan Smith. And you shouldn't know this guy. He's uh, he's the governor of the Utah Jazz. The governor of the Utah Jazz? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The governor? Why do they have a governor? Hello, governor. How do I become a governor of a team? Can I be the governor of like... What is a governor of the a... The Down East Wood Ducks? Uh, he's the co-chair, founder of Qualtrics, an experience management company in Provo. Sounds like he's got a lot of money. All right, the celebs. Do you know Kane Brown? Country singer. Ever heard of him, Wes? No, sir. I have heard of him. I couldn't tell you a song, but I have heard of him. Do you know C-O-R-D-A-E? Corday? Corday? Never heard of him. Chandler? Do you know Naomi Osaka? That name sounds familiar. Well, 
it's bad for this guy because in his bio it says it's the tennis star's boyfriend so you know he's not that popular if they have to mention his girlfriend but he's apparently a recording artist rapper Hmm. diamond de shields who is that she is a dallas wings all-star i'm assuming that is wnba uh so she will bring actual basketball experience to the team is she related to delano de shields perhaps good question calvin johnson before you answer west do you have you heard of calvin johnson no sir okay hall of fame wide receiver for the detroit lions by the way megatron megatron he he played his high school college and his hall of fame nfl career all within tom brady's 20 year 23 year career that is a great set tom brady played so long that calvin johnson played his entire so he was in high school high school college and then played nfl and then was inducted into the hall of fame <laughs> all, all while, all brady, while played. brady played yeah all right marcos mion he of course is a brazilian tv host and actor of course of course wes have you heard of the miz yes <laughs> yes finally somebody i know the miz will be performing tonight wes have you heard of albert pujols yes sir yeah albert pujols will be participating in this event tonight guys do you know everett osborne nope everett osborne um is in chicago fire and sisters sisters he's actually he played d1 basketball at texas rio grand valley wow how about that cool neat story do you know ozuna ozuna yeah the baseball player it is not marcel ozuna it's just ozuna a puerto rican singer and recording artist do you know guillermo rodriguez ah that's from jimmy kimmel that is from jimmy kimmel guillermo from the jimmy kimmel show uh sin Sinqua Walls. Sinqua Walls. Uh, he played for the Dons of San Francisco, but he's been in Teen Wolf, Friday Night Lights, Grey's Anatomy, and Power. I might recognize him, but I don't know the name. All right, Team Wade. Wes, do you know Dwayne Wade? That was yes. just the first team? Mm-hmm. That was one team. <laughs> wow. Nikki Jam. Nikki Jam, Latin American singer and actor. Don't know who that is. Jesser. Wes, do you know Jesser? No. All right, uh, that person has 11.5 million subscribers to his YouTube channel. <laughs> I was wondering why would you think Wes knew that? He's a YouTuber. And he is a YouTube guy. Jesser. All right, I don't know who Jesser is. Simu Louie. Simu. S i m u l i u. He he is best known for playing the titular character in Marvel's Shang Chi. And the Ten Rings, Shang Chi. Okay. I haven't seen that. Nope. Hassan Minhaj, mm. comedian. Uh, he has taken over as the host of the Daily Show, which I have not watched mm. in decades. Wes, do you know DK Metcalf? I've heard the name, but I can't. Put it. Okay, he is a Seattle Seahawks football player. Okay. Between him and Calvin Johnson, we might see some dunks. Janelle Monet. Do you know who that is, Chandler? Is that the baseball playing girl? <laughs> Wait. Talk about the... Um, Wasn't her name Monet? The Little League? Little League I girl. think you're right, but no. 
I didn't know who this person that was. That name sounds familiar. Until I watched the Glass Onion movie, and she was in that, and she uh, she was good in that. But I guess she's an actress and singer. Um. Oh boy, Arike Ogunbawale. Ogunbawale for three. <laughs> she is a Dallas Wings player. She averaged twenty points per game uh in her career in dallas they're gonna cook tonight do you know 21 savage oh yeah the rapper i've heard the name 21 21 21 couldn't tell you a song ranveer singh is an actor that i've never heard of francis tofoe ah he's the 15th ranked men's tennis player in the world so that is your celebrity all-star game roster that's a lot of folks i feel like the other team has a lot less and i don't think everybody's gonna play (laughs) <laughs> think somebody's going to get a did not play coach's decision? The what? other team seems like they have a lot less. Demiz should be the first players. one, huh? Demiz should be the first one not to, um, not to do anything. Why? Because uh, he don't need to um, mess up his uh, his wrestling career over, uh, over some. Is he still wrestling? Oh yeah, he's still doing his thing. Mm. Still on the mic. He I, was uh, he was I believe starting. I think he was getting really popular when I was watching wrestling. He, um, I, you got to give him credit, Wes. He was kind of looked at as a joke. Absolutely. And just kind of ran with it, became great on the mic, became a pretty good in-ring guy, right? Yes, and uh, if you uh, watched all the, um, the amount of money these um, wrestlers were getting, he was the number two last year. Wow. From other things outside the WWE, no, or included, included. Well, I'm, I'm saying, but I'm, I'm just saying from WWE. Oh, okay. There were uh, he was the number two paid. Wow, person. that's. Uh, I mean, and he's a great ambassador too. He's so good at doing little stuff like this mm-hmm. and being everywhere. Uh, so credit to the Miz had his own TV show too, right? That's right. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and get ready to wrap things up here on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll be back with you after these words. to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Alright, if you missed the uh, if you missed the show on Pirate Radio, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archive local programming by subscribing to us on wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your phone and visit pr927fm.com now let's go to west with the wells fargo uh, financial report yes the dow closed today up 130 at 33,827 the s&p 500 was down 11 4079 and the nasdaq was down 69 at 11,787 on your wells fargo advisors financial report for a person looking to investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. 
Wes, credit to you. This was a smooth ride. Smooth three hours today. I try. Well done. Uh, Great job. Chandler, good work as well. Shirley Rhodes will be back with us coming up on Monday. Thank you all uh, for joining us all week. Uh, Tough week to get through. Got through it. Tough days ahead, but uh, we appreciate all of y'all and uh, we'll certainly never forget the voice Jeff Charles and uh, what he meant to us and what he meant to all the Pirate fans out there. We will talk to you Monday at 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. We'll be talking to the players inside the Delcor Players Lounge. Looking forward to that. And uh, enjoy the baseball this weekend. We'll be recapping it on Monday. And we'll talk to you then. For Wes Hines, the Chan Man, I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.